Hello everyone and welcome to the Lightbringers podcast where we'll be talking about what kind of glasses do you have at home and also Guild Wars 2 roadmap for the summer of 2022 even though it's July uh, halfway through <laughs> and summer's like halfway over it's okay it's gonna be fun mm. um, but it is a good one it's a fun one also we have guests we have a rookery we have Fornix okay the Crichton Herald and also we have World of Enders or Boots of W in the double T okay because uh, oh, that's... The, the what sorry the the ooh what? You that? said bubble ooh ooh. You said double ooh oots and tees, and I went boo ooh oot tits. I thought you said something else there at the end. Okay. When I was wow, a young child, when I was a young child, I had a stuffed animal, which was a little tiny yellow elephant that I called boot. And I just realized that that sounds a little bit like boots. It does. Wow. That's cute. You need to rebrand. Need to rebrand everything to be like a cute little yellow elephant that plays Guild Wars 2. Yes. I could I could be good. Anyway, I'm glad that I've able to been able to derail the, the <laughs> podcast so quickly already. <laughs> it usually happens like 20 wow, minutes in. Record time. Is record wow. Time. That is record yeah. time. Um very quick intro from for us all. If you want to tell us what you do, where you do it, boots, let us know now please uh i am uh, yeah world of enders uh sometimes youtube and sometimes uh i go on the twitch and that's at boots underscore and yeah that's what i do okay rookery hello the sings the, sings, the things <laughs> the <sun. laughs> i'm rook or rookery and yeah you can find me on twitch at r-o-o-k-u-r-i rookery uh you can also find me on youtube you can find me on twitter but there is an underscore afterwards we i think have fun here just tossing in one for variety or a couple for variety that just have underscores afterwards so twitter rookery underscore um instagram just at rookery and yeah whatever i'm doing whatever i'm playing we're usually talking about or playing mmos uh that's me Wicked, Crown Herald, Fornax, welcome. Hi, the things. Yeah. Hi, oh, how are you have doing? you got extra arm movements now? I've, I've, I've pressed. My goodness. The wrong Holy button. moly! I have pressed the wrong button. That's you, the problem. And you do oh. YMCA? Can I do? Uh, oh, I've done it again. Oh my god! Anyway, so I'm the Crown Herald, um, or Fornax. I've messed up my emotes. I do occasionally YouTube videos. I'm getting back to them. I'm actually doing, I'm actually writing a legendary, like, um, why Guild Wars 2 legendaries are the best legendaries in any game. And I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. So that'll be fun. And I do Twitch occasionally. And that's me. Da-da-da. There you go. Bye. Yeah. I feel like we've been trying, at least I personally have felt like all of you have heard us do our intros so much at this point that I'm like, just speed through it. Just speed through it. What's yep. up? Hey, I'm Rookery. This is it. Bam. Yeah. I am. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that. we could do the longer version later and then people have the option to stay, whereas they've actually got to listen to us now. Because I do a chapter. It's a chapter sometimes. It's a whole chapter. And then I'm like, okay, how long is the intro going to be today? And it's like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, we talked about everything in that hour, so that's okay. Um, 
Yeah, twitch.tv slash This is where we are on a weekly basis on a Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific. At some point in the future, that will change uh, as I go into being a counselor. So I'm not sure when that's going to change. It may not, if I, depending on if I have management over my own schedule. So we shall see. Um, but yes, this is where it is right now. You can listen to us also live on your favorite podcasting websites, likely, as well. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google, Fing, whatever that's called, um, <laughs> YouTube, uh, Twitch, Rod, uh, all the things. So if you want to watch us, actually, you can watch it on Spotify as well. So make sure you do that. Don't forget to like and also do the commenting and subscribing. Defeat the algorithm. Uh, get this podcast out to many people because it definitely needs to be watched by more Guild Wars 2 peeps in the community. So let's know, let people know that there are these awesome kinds of people that they can go and follow and check out on uh, YouTube and Twitch as well. So please go and check out in the description. Everyone that is here, I've also included their links for purchasing the game, which does also support them as streamers uh, and content creators. So I don't think I ever gave that to you. Yeah, you said you didn't want to put it in there. <laughs> so you, have you changed your mind now boots would you like to i mean sure well then give it to me <laughs> you were the one, one who told me not to okay well you can give it to me it's fine well because i was like you guys deserve it more so let me oh hit. god don't stop oh my god Jesus. you don't get out of here boots you deserve it the most well, come on get oh. out of here no don't get out of here been fishing a lot, and on the show i fish a lot as well Okay. Oh, it's fish. Oh, okay, it's all right. You're allowed to fish. That was good. That was very impressive. Bring <laughs> the pro and pro. <laughs> yes, trying to. Um, chat as well. Let us know what you thought about the um, roadmap as well, because actually there wasn't. That wasn't what I was going to talk about this week. I was actually thinking, what are we going to talk about? Then the roadmap came out. I was like, cool, <laughs> that's good, because <laughs> now we can talk about that. Um, but we're thinking about so you start thinking about things that you might like to re- see refreshed in the game because this is pretty much what the roadmap is about uh, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of read through a bits and pieces um, people may use other accents that um, are different from their own they may just speak normally um, yeah it's really up to them uh, well I'm just saying I'm just warning people <laughs> <laughs> they may not speak at all <laughs> Yeah, they may yeah, not might, read at all. Yeah. Might do interpretive dance to communicate the blog post, so make sure you watch the video Ooh. version of the podcast. You know, we'll see. We'll see where the dance. winds take us. You're qualified, so. Only if you wear that kimono. <laughs> That's going to take me a lot longer to get say, into. Yeah. So. <laughs> We've been talking about that before. I thought there was. Uh... If you haven't checked out uh, this, you've got some footage on like Inst- Instagram you put on or Twitter. I, or? Some I do. Have, I have some more to put up too. But yeah, no, it was really cool. I yeah. so I just recently for anybody, this was a real life thing that happened. Yeah. Um, uh, went to do bone odori, which is a uh, bone dance, bone b o n dance, mm-hmm. um, which is a part of a Japanese uh, holiday, uh, the obon season, and um, is like a, a dance festival to honor the dead and or people that have passed or even pets or those we've loved. Um, and you party all night basically and dance together. So that was really fun, and uh, it was really nice to be out with people. So yeah, I put some stuff up. But, and you did yeah, it on your own as well, didn't you? So that's even more brave, like going out there and doing something like that. Like I did. Yeah, I, I feel that's silly because I've been like talking about it to everybody. But honestly, it's mostly just because like for so long, especially pre-pandemic in the city, it was like, I want to do something and I want to go out and I want to like 
explore all these things, but I think a lot of us can get kind of hung up on, you know, well, if I don't have a friend or if somebody won't go with me yeah. or, and I know I talked myself out of doing a lot of things because of that and things that I've had like bookmarked or activities that I wanted to do for ages. And so, yeah, this was like one where they opened it up again after pandemic. And I was like, I'm going. And like, even when I was there, everybody was just so welcoming and friendly for the dance rehearsals. And people would ask like, who did you come with? And I was like, myself, <laughs> just me. They're like, that's so brave. But I mean, honestly, I am so glad I did it because it was much needed. I need, I just needed to you know, do something bold and get out. And yes. Um, yes. yeah, it was, I learned a lot. So. And uh, you opened yourself up uh, to all the things that is for sure. Yeah. Good. Good. Try it, try it, people. I suggest if, you, if you're able to and you want to do something and you can't do it, there's no one else that wants to do it with you, just go do it anyway. Because uh, it's worth. <gasps> okay. I'm going to go through this. Uh, oh, crap. I didn't get the other screen ready. Balls. Uh, okay. It's going to be fine. I'll see if I can just do it now. It's going to be okay. First of all, general, like, what's... Actually, maybe, maybe if someone wants to read it, first of all. Hello. Hmm. Let's ask Boots, how, how is your leveling going to fishing-wise, 280? Just update us I, while I fix this screen. I am <laughs> at level 55 now. Cool. Uh, so I've got 25 levels left. And, and it's going all right. Wait, uh, so, yeah, you get... With I, all up. The... I thought you were hmm? level 40. Before. Uh, I was at 45 last time we checked. Really? Wow, Jesus. That is quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's about if you have all the, the experience boosters, because experience boosters don't work on... You know how there's like kill streak experience boosters and mm -hmm. experience from kills yeah. and experience from this and that? There's none specifically for fishing. So the most you could get is like a certain amount more. Anyway, with all the boosters you could actually use, um, you get... It's about 57 fish per level. And so, yeah, it's a little slow going. Okay. It's actually slower than just killing enemies. Yeah, no, no, we know. That's, that's why it's kind of, that's why I was like surprised that you got that far. Well, I mean, anybody far. can kill an enemy, but the artistry, the, you know, craftsmanship involved in fishing, it's just so great that you got to put more into it to get, to get, you know, results. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, are you, are, are you pacifist leveling? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I mean, he, technically it's a ranger and the bear might have accidentally killed two mobs. Uh, <gasps> but that was not his fault. That was, that was the bear's fault. I really do like, okay, did you pick a bear specifically? Because like bear do like salmon fishing and stuff? Yeah, his name is Salmon oh my God. <laughs> so cute. Oh my god. Um I love this. I love old fisherman boots and his bear. Yeah. And uh but yeah, so he is leveling entirely through fishing. He to get to certain lakes and rivers and stuff in the game, he has gotten a little bit of experience from uh, exploration, but I could not avoid that. I have to. There are certain things which, you know, we will allow in this playthrough. And the award for most adorable Canadian this year goes to... <laughs> and every well, year right. goes to Boots, I'm pretty that's sure. Right. Let's do yeah. that. That's okay. <laughs> we can get Thank that you. award made. 
Okay, good. Now that was okay. perfect timing. Well done. I successfully <laughs> <job>. delayed. <laughs> you did. You did. Very good. Professional. <laughs> da -da -da. Okay. Guild of here. Summer roadmap. Wow, I failed on the reading. <laughs> Summer roadmap in July. 19 update preview, which is next week. Oh, that is very close, isn't it? Uh, it's just by the team. Okay. In June 2022, studio updates, we mentioned that we'd be back in mid-July to share our release roadmap from... What is going on? Stop clicking on that. From now through the end of summer, we have that for you, plus a preview of next week's update. Oh, let's go to it. Mm, who wants to take the first bit? You? Me? I don't, okay, do I, can, I, can do, I can do the first bit and then someone take up the world's best world boss. <gasps> Apparently I can't read today. <laughs> let look. Let look. <laughs> oh no! Okay, maybe he can't do it. Well, let okay, you know what, Jeffrey, we'll take chaos it. You know begin. What? It's because of the clock thing and the other day, like, someone clipped a thing and I said a different word other than clock. Uh, what word so I can't... What word? It was... A word. Uh, the third episode of Living World Season 1 returns on July 19th. Wow, we've got the next episode. That's so good. And it is Scarlet. Scarlet is going to be... Oh, look at Scarlet with the... Oh, I love it. Puppeteer. I love this. This artwork is... Oh, so good. So good. It's going to come with other things. Queen Jenner is preparing to wrap up her Gala Jubilee with a momentous speech to her loyal subjects and visitors. Ooh, but the nefarious villain Scarlet Briar has other plans. As a reminder, Living World Season 1 content is free for all players, permanently. Completely original episode achievements and new achievements to earn rewards. We'll, we'll talk about the things as we go through them, so this is the plan. Are we excited for... Uh, for next week's really? release of the first episode. Sorry, the third episode. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Or five. Yeah. Right? Is the wait, so is it five episodes? I think There's it is, gonna right? be five total. Right. Okay. Um, I think for the whole season. And we at least now generally with the roadmap and what we'll see later, at least have an idea with three and four. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I was yeah. I'm really excited. It's coming out next week. It feels like it's right around the perfect timing, especially given the fact that we're just coming off of some of the sort of high of the race to worlds first with Harvest Temple CM and everything mm -hmm. else that's happened since then. So having this little bit of lull, I know I've been working a lot of just sort of, you know, general uh, grind stuff out, work on first legendary kind of content, but I'm definitely yeah. ready for some more story and really looking forward to this and to actually like, finally seeing scarlet in this game right because i have never yeah. seen her oh you wow you've only seen so the only time you've probably ever seen scarlet is with my mini pet out <laughs> yeah would it surprise <laughs> you to know <laughs> that scarlet is actually two feet tall yeah, yeah. <laughs> is That's she really canonically yeah. The, yeah canonically yeah. Made based on wow. a small hologram <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would surprise me um i guess we'll see <laughs> if that's the truth or if you're all lying to me right now yeah well that, I mean, would we'll see. and it's only going to be in one episode where the whole thing just comes out that that was a thing uh yeah. yes so yeah it's, it is yeah. i am very excited for that to be the case it is going mm -hmm. to be still remember the you know the things that are going to come afterwards as well <laughs> I'm going to try and spoil them too much. I've said attack on their leg. I think we all know about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's exciting, isn't it? Uh, Fornax. Mm-hmm. 
It is. It's look, I, I played through it originally, so for me playing through it again, it feels the story feels quite disconnected because we had all the connective tissue of the mm-hmm. in-game activities with the refugees and the reports and all, like the build-up that we had when Joe Mag was coming out. We had those little like narrative threads leading us in, but it's incredibly important for, for players like Rook and for the new players who are going to be coming in with Steam that the community desperately needs and the game needs to grow. So I am 100% behind this, no matter how kind of... I mean, this is old hat for me. This is mm. not for me. This is for new players. I mean, it's nice to have a complete game finally, but this is definitely for new players and players like Rogue. And I, I love that they're so happy about it. And I want the game to succeed. So, yeah, go, go. Yeah, I, I agree. It is definitely for the new players. But even for me, who's played it originally, I forgot a lot of the stuff that's in it. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, uh, Harold, you, you do a lot of lore videos and so because of that, you're probably a lot more intimately aware of all of the inner goings on of everything that happened in the story than me. But I, I definitely did forget a lot of the first two episodes, uh, the like little intricacies inside of it. I actually thought that they added a ton of content in those two episodes because of it. Um, but no, I think it's just stuff that happened that I forgot about. And uh, and yeah, so I'm in, I'm interested to see what I forgot in this episode as well and what I forgot about Scarlet. You're actually yes. so right. I literally did a, a three-episode law in-depth dive into Scarlet Briar, and then yeah, the did. week after they 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 said we're releasing all the episodes. I'm like, oh, oh no, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna go <laughs> yeah. through that with a fine-tooth comb, okay. No, that's a pen. I, I mean, I honestly think it'll be really cool to compare. You have a comb? I'm quite surprised. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Oh I have facial gosh. hair. I sometimes grow longer facial hair. I do oh. actually own two combs. Wow. <laughs> okay, um, I'll have to see them. No, carry on. <laughs> There's a debate now. I'm going to go get them. <laughs> uh, yes. I... Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to even compare the videos to what the, you know, adapted version... I haven't necessarily felt, I guess, playing through it myself for the very first time, I haven't felt too much like the episodes have been super disconnected. I, I don't know if that's because I had done my own research and at least know the structure of what happened in the season, which kind of maybe fills in some blanks of various things. Yeah. But I never played it originally, so mm-hmm. I felt like for the most part the kind of direction of each of the episodes that we've had so far hung together pretty well for me. I think maybe there could have been a bit more of a throughput emphasis in, like, each episode where we get some kind of line like, so weird, all these mysterious things that are happening at the same time. What could it be? I don't know. Like, but but overall, I mean, I think the greatest luxury that Living Season 1 had was the fact that it was more of like a slow burn suspense kind of thing, right? Mm. Where, from my understanding, although of course these were coming out very fast, but like the things that were culminating these different factions and the different groups and you know is this all part of something bigger or are these just you know temporary kind of little groups that we're having to deal with while they get ready for the next expansion or for whatever bigger picture story beats they were going to do um but i do think we have gotten a pretty good sense at least for me personally playing through it mm-hmm. um with some of the little nods and the mentions of the different people like the figure that these different groups are serving and the journal entries that were part of the stuff with the molten alliance and 
Um, these different little mentions we've gotten, it does feel like I'm still getting a sense of throughput. So I feel like there will still be a good payoff with Scarlet personally, but um, that's just coming from somebody who is experiencing this first time, you know, like yeah. to me, I haven't felt like it's been really jarring. And I've, I've actually felt like it has almost cast the whole rest of the game for me in a really fantastic light that I am so happy to be experiencing with these characters and so much of the stuff that I was just dumped cold into in season mm -hmm. two. Um, in chat, I see everybody saying like, well, technically you've gotten glimpses of Scarlet before, maybe, and and it's yes. Not, yeah, it's not the same though. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. not the same because I've literally never seen her alive as a villain <laughs> that I'm going to face. Like, I have just heard about her from people. Like, I don't know, some person you hear about that was a friend in the friends group or something, but you yourself never met that for years you've just heard talked about and the ripple mm -hmm. effects of them, like, you know, and their presence. And, and then when you finally like... see them in person and found out that they're like three feet tall, you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah like, well, I yeah. really had this different image of you this whole time. Yeah, so yeah. like, I guess there's to the me, Bits that you can I've only seen you well. in Zoom chat, and from there you just see the torso. Oh, so I yeah. assumed yeah. you were yeah. a normal sized yeah. person, like but size. but you were three feet tall. Yeah, exactly. I, the minion yeah. was actually you the whole time. Yeah. yeah, I I am so excited because like for so long I've heard about her, seen her referenced, or seen ghosts of her, or seen you know memory flashbacks of her, yeah. or heard you know, but I've never actually seen her alive in this game. So I'm yeah. really pumped. Uh, I, I think it's going to bring a lot of things together. That's great. I'm, I'm looking forward to... I'm going to try to look at your reaction for that as well when you actually see her. But I... I um, yeah. So so you were saying when uh, originally that there there are foreshadowings and stuff like that and you thought that there might be an expansion coming up. You never know. Actually, back then, it was there was no expansions coming up. So all the little tiny releases, all the little... like. Well, technically, that's not true. Is that not true? I mean, they weren't playing on expansions I mean, in they, season one. They definitely knew. I think they knew they were going to be doing the expansion then. Really? At the beginning of season one, yeah. they knew I they were doing the expansion? Think, I think maybe they did. Because yeah. they, oh. they okay, changed well, their the mind. The player base didn't know that. Like, oh, no, we didn't. But like, I think, we, like, I don't the know. The player base we didn't, we, thought that the two-week cadence of episodes coming out yeah that's what be... i think you're right that with that i think they started to probably move towards as that story was kind of evolving i think they were moving towards an expansion model that's when i think I they mean, were maybe i think i think both is true i think they were always maybe. planning to have the story that we had with the silvari it was foreshadowed in the in the very first um in in, in the the like opening salvo if you play a silvari character yeah. that the, the 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 embedding and the foreshadowing of the story is right in there whether it was going to be delivered to us as an expansion or whether it was going to be delivered to us in the insane cadence that they had at the beginning which was unsustainable um yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then there's a dice. Tomorrow. I agree that was probably unsustainable. Um, but what I was going to say though is that like all the little allusions towards what eventually was Scarlet being revealed. Yeah. At first, I really didn't think it was going to be Scarlet. I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought it was well because it was Flame and Frost, right? So I was like, wow, I guess we're getting the Ice Dragon and the Fire Dragon right away. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it was it was a weird start to it like it was but it was kind of cool i guess it was like a yeah mm. it was kind of a twist as well and i think we the the questions before heart of thorns was gonna be like 
Well, they, I remember like some fan theories where like, you know, is there going to be an enemy faction? Like, if we're going to be able to PvP in open world maps, so suddenly Savari is going to be this enemy faction that's going to turn against us and all this kind of stuff. Are we going to have that option and all this kind of thing? Is it going to be brand new skins for the Savari and things like that? I remember that being a conversation yeah. I had with people. That was fun. Um, I There were also a lot of salty Silvari players. Oh, Can yeah. you tell you that much? Oh, yeah. Um, Did you, uh, so, okay, wait, actually, maybe you could answer this for me, Harold. Mm-hmm. Have you gone through the the new versions of the season one releases yet? Yep. And yep. what illusions or what... Uh, have you not played them, Boots? No, I have, but I'm trying to remember, like, oh, I didn't okay. go really deep inside them, okay. but I did talk to Ellen Keel in the most recent episode yeah. at the uh, at the thing, and Ellen Keel's voice line was talking about Kanak being in jail. Mm-hmm. And at yeah. that point, I don't think we had seen Kanak in the story at all. Um, so yeah, I was... Miss- wa- yeah. yeah, we're missing we're missing the Kaka invasion of Lion's Arch. Right. So, do you think that that's going to come out after? Not no. a hope in hell. No. no. Yeah. They. I mean, they said in an interview that that, that some things that are going to get something cut. That had to be cut. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did but, say that. That's but is the introduction yeah. of Kanak going to be in the story at some point? I. F- I think didn't they, they did the scrying pool version thinking yeah. for him that yeah. and I think that might be. That I think that's all she wrote. All she yeah. wrote. I really truly hope pool. not. I know. I yeah. hope not so I much. Not too because I think because the the part, part of the reason why it's they're difficult. doing this is to connect everything together in a streamlined storyline, and it's st- taking yeah. things that were in the scrying pool originally and putting them in these in these episodes I like mean, they, the... they kind of said it though they're gonna have to just cut some stuff i know it doesn't necessarily oh. mean they're gonna i agree with you i completely agree with you but i'm just wondering like yeah i'm just asking yeah. whether you think they're in gonna introduce in- them some other way yes mm. in that interview if i'm remembering correctly they mentioned that alpine cove is being cut and then they said this is one from a couple months ago, I think. And then they said that means that we now have to figure out different ways for pivotal character introductions. Yeah, like, okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm wondering so, how that's going to happen. Yeah, my guess is that they're going to rework it. That's my hope, that he will show up in one of these episodes and have some kind of introduction. Whether that's that we do find him in prison and Ellen just makes some allusion to what happened on South Sun. I I don't know. I... I kind of hope they don't go that route because yeah. then it will feel like there's also now a big hole for players who don't understand what that is. Um, it's also kind of unfortunate for the map itself because, no joke, as somebody who just started playing the game in the last three years, I didn't even know what that map was until, I don't know, somebody told me to go there for some reason. I think maybe it was for a guild mission with a crab toss or something. Mm. And I walked on the map and I was like, oh, yeah. Where where in the hell am I? <laughs> like, there's like I a meta going. And I was like, yeah, you there's to get a boat. Did you have to get what? a boat there or was it a portal? I, I don't know. How. I, I think, think you talked to someone in Lion's Arch. Yeah, yeah. That's how yeah, you got used a... to get there. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, just I... like, oh, sorry. I just wanted to, I wanted to finish this thought really fast. Um, so I didn't know what in the world that map was. And there was nothing else that led me organically there. So that was a little confusing. However, I do think that narratively, 
we don't need that. Like, I don't actually think that the Karka, and maybe this is a big thing for people who feel like this, but I don't actually think that the Karka exploration, really, that whole map and everything else that happened to Consortium, to me, it doesn't feel like it had the long-lasting staying power of, of narrative impact other than the characters that were introduced. And I've seen a lot of people talking about, like, well, but then we won't know about Ellen's arc and stuff like that, but I've got to be real with everybody. <laughs> Ellen's not even on my radar. I know she exists. <laughs> I know her name. I know she's technically a leader of Lion's Arch, but as somebody who played through the game without ever having touched Living Season 1, I genuinely barely even registered as, her as a footnote because of the fact that she does not, you know, she's not actively out engaging in any of the other story beats, right? Like, she's not going out into Heart of Thorns. Maybe she shows up and talks about some stuff, but, like, she's not in many of the duty instances that we have. She's not there, our friends group, here at the end, in End of Dragon, somebody who plays a major role, yeah. you know, visibly in that narrative. So... For me, the difference between, like, do we put Ellen's story in or do we put Kanak's story in is the fact that Kanak as a character is present in many expansions moving forward and is somebody that I genuinely felt like, who dis? Why does everyone like him? I don't even understand <laughs> he's here. And it's like... He's a weird one, though, because in the EOD, he's not really that present. Like, he's, mm. they kind of bring everyone around together, and kind of Kanak is yeah. a very side role kind of support. That, that might be. Role. Even not that, right? That I might mean, be because they changed voice actors and they didn't want to bring too potentially, much. Potentially. Potentially. Can I, can I counter some of this? Can I, can sure. I put my. Yeah, okay, I'm going to so... I'm gonna say, I'm going to give us like five or so more minutes because uh, we are literally on the first paragraph and okay. <laughs> we've Sorry. been going for an hour. So, <laughs> I would say that. The, those little stories, um, it tells you why Lion's Arch looks the way that Lion Arch looks right now. If you don't know why it looks the concrete hellhole that it is, <laughs> this is why, this storyline is why. If you care about the master of peace and why he's in the story, then that is the connecting thread through. And what I would like to see them do is I would like to see them make strike missions or a raid of this. So we go over, we go over to Sun Cove, we do a raid of killing them, we do a raid of interacting with Kanak. He can be a raid boss and we can then get his motivations. We can even have, they can even be like chasing him across the map and him explaining what he's doing. And, he, you know, like they did with, um, with season two when we were chasing that crazy Silvari. And then we get the Karka invasion. So now we're in Lion's Arch. We're doing a raid to kill the Karkas. So and now you care. And now you're here. And now Ellen Keeley's here. And now we know that Kanak was in prison then. Sorry, spoilers. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and, and now we know that he, he didn't break out. And he did choose a different path. And we can see the, like, the pivotal moments of his story. And we can understand um, that's the time when he was um, um, introduced to the Countess. So the we, this is all like so interwoven. So I would like to see them do it in in strikes or a raid encounter to get people in to have the story and not lose it, not lose the, the like the, the important main connective tissue. I I too would like it as like the more the more raids and the more strikes the better. But I think that um, the direction they were trying to go for at least these particular episodes is to have all the necessary story in a, in a story version for all of them. Um, so not have to go into a raid or a strike mission. And strike missions coming out, it seems, are going to be 
taken from the stories as well, right? As they, at least the four fermented dragons are. So I think that if they do have a strike mission or raid of Kanak, it would start as a story boss fight of Kanak first. I do like the possibilities that stuff like, um, oh, the new emboldened system that we got offer, though. It, it would be interesting to see somewhere within the actual narrative lineup if they wanted to go that route. Because Fornax, I agree in the sense that, like, I'm sure they probably want to be developing raids that, again, are maybe more forward-looking. If they're going to put that time and energy into it, and that would be, like, massively epic or, you know, whatever. But they have so many interesting assets and stuff from South Sun. And if they really didn't have time narratively, it would be interesting to see that format utilized especially if like in our story journal or something you would see a little like footnote i i don't know how they would do this but if it's like here's all the narrative and then there's a footnote in there that's like south sun cove raid you know like or like narrative story go to here to do it or like and then it would be more accessible especially if at release they had it for, I don't even know, like a, a couple weeks or something with that emboldened system or, mm. or just something like that to get people into it to play the narrative version. Um, or I, I don't know. It's something that they could do because, for example, like in 14 with their raids, although I think they're very different beasts. So this is not necessarily something I think has to be like, a, we have to hold everything to the standard of 14. It's just that like it is interesting because they go all in with story on the raids but they also mm -hmm. very clearly have a differentiated normal version mm -hmm. and then the savage version for raids and they did that directly in response to the community response because oh, when the they first released raids everything mm -hmm. oh wow so okay, like that's cool i didn't know that when they when they released the first raid ever in 14 mm -hmm. there was no differentiation of difficulty mm -hmm. and it was also one of the most important narrative beats to the entire ending of a realm reborn yeah. but it was behind what at the time was one of the most impossible pieces of content for the vast oh. majority of players to do so they later on um, separated wow. it out to have this normal and to have this kind of savage mode. Um, so I, I think that they could do something like that. Will we see them do something like that? No. I think I would be much more... I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I, I'd be much happier if we at least just got some kind of intro to Kanak this season. Okay that allows you even just like a quick i don't know but that allows you as a player to meet him in your own way form a connection with him that feels tangible and unique yeah. to you because he does come in in living season two and he's kind of introduces this prisoner and stuff like that but even so i always felt like i was starting in the middle of a sentence with him and that i myself had no direct connection to him as a character because mm -hmm. i was just like oh he's some guy that was in prison Okay, <laughs> you know, like, which is very different than meeting him as an almost like Robin Hood figure or a, you know, a, a figure that was a rebel with a cause or that had this kind of good intentions, but bad execution or I don't know those things that you I got, think you got the redemption arc, but you never got to see him be very naughty. That's the yes. problem. And have that connection be something that, like, directly was affecting you, right? Because, like, you were working with him, but also against him. And that tension of character, it's something that I think is really pivotal to him and his setup for when he does become a true ally and the journey that he takes 
Um, but if you're missing a little bit of that, it's just kind of hard to have that same connection with him um, mm -hmm. because you don't really understand why he was in prison. You don't really know why you should trust him. You don't really know why you would even like him. You don't know. But he's just a guy that's there and he's kind of smarmy. And I like that about characters. But like, <laughs> so I hope we get something um, in some way. Raid is an that's interesting idea, though. As, as a 14 player, I mean, I mean, if, if I was at my daddy, I want a pony stage, I would say, please give us um, a ray, a, an encounter, an instance, like, like maybe the scrying pool ones or the or the dragon strike crappy yeah. missions that everyone hated, but better with actual story that we care about and and have it so that I can play through it <laughs> by myself and enjoy this. No, nobody likes them. Nobody likes them. I don't care. They, they don't. Mm. They're not good. That's why they're not here. Yeah, some of them real. are okay. I yeah, I mean, honestly. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you haven't got anything better to do, like gouging <laughs> your eyes out with a rusty old spoon. I think the sure, challenge is you know? okay. Like, I think, I think that. Anyway, that's a different conversation. Continue. Why is everything just a break bar? Why is no? I'm not going down this road. I'm happy. I've had a happy day today, so no. I have astonishingly. I'm so glad. Is it as good as going to Costco? Considering I didn't know what Costco was 24 hours ago. That's true. Well, you didn't know what it was like three hours ago. So. Three hours ago. I, my husband, my beautiful husband, got me an OLED switch. Oh, so oh really? I have just been, I have just been nice. hitting that bad boy hard. So that's, that's, I'm in my happy place. Okay. Nice. But yeah. That's cool. Sorry. Totally derailed the conversation. You make I, that's okay. nice. that that mean, I appreciate mean... it. <laughs> does that mean we can move on? Because I've got... <laughs> we've got yeah, we've right, only okay. gone yeah. through four lines of the, <laughs> the yeah. I'll read the next part here. Well, really fast, the very last the very last thing I want to touch on is that I am really <laughs> excited this is coming out. I'm really excited that they've been able to keep their pace and that we yeah. are getting these and they've been such quality. And I'm so pumped to meet Scarlet. Like that's the big takeaway from this. Good. All other narrative discussions aside, I really think they've done a great job so far and I'm I'm personally really pumped for this. It's fine. Is that a marshmallow? That's a That's wand. wand. Oh, okay. A marshmallow? Holy I thought, crap! I thought it was roasting a marshmallow. And it's you know roasting. how sometimes That's you leave it in too long and it catches on fire, and then you have to is blow it... it out and then it oh, turns okay. out. Oh, okay. Yeah. This this is this is peak <laughs> Canadian. It's just that those rose tinted Canadian glasses for everything. That is amazing. Um, I really need to go and do this. Apparently, set fire to stuff. Mm. All right, so mostly. Um, next yeah. section. Yeah, world boss. Yeah. World's best world boss. World boss encounters are some of the most unique and quintessential Guild Wars 2 experiences, with each requiring dozens of players to band together in pursuit of a common goal, defeating the baddie. They do an excellent job of showcasing the highly social and collaborative gameplay that Guild Wars 2 is known for. Four of these world bosses reside in low-level starting zones that are uh, the first large-scale encounters that new players experience as they venture into the world of Tyria. These bosses were first introduced nearly 10 years ago, and since then we've significantly raised the bar on our encounter design standards. It's important that these encounters leave a strong first impression for newer players and continue to be enjoyable for veteran players, so we've given each a bit of love as we prepare for the future launch of Guild Wars 2 on Steam. In the July 19th update, uh, we'll be making some improvements to the Great Jungle Worm, Shadow Behemoth, uh, Svanir Sh Shaman Chieftain, and the Fireland Elemental World Boss events. Our goal is to bring them up to our turn design standards by adding skill telegraphs and defiance bars, 
improving encounter mechanics and rebalancing health pools to accommodate the power level of modern profession builds. The Great Jungle Worm, <laughs> Shadow Behemoth, uh, Svanir Shaman Chieftain, and uh, will also receive some model and qu uh, texture quality improvement. That's good. Um, and one champion loot bag will be added to the completion of rewards for each event. Mm. These changes will give players a better preview of the gameplay and boss encounters they will see in the future uh, adventures interior. Mm, that's great. So this is the biggest thing that that's I huge, think yeah. is probably from this map. Well, I guess personally, anyway, as well. But, like, probably a lot of people. It's I, It's funny because I, I, I also hope they do that to the bosses in the tutorials as well. Maybe just add a little bit. Like, I mean, I know it's a tutorial, but, like, they, I guess they're pretty epic in a way. But, like, Shadow Behemoth, when I first played that in beta, like, oh, man. <laughs> I was yeah. like, world boss? What's this? Shadow Behemoth definitely is thing? the best one of those four, too. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, whenever I see a new player playing or, or, or trying to get into the game, I'm always like, go to Queensdale as soon as you can. Yeah. Go check out that uh, it's 15 minutes. Get there as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just visually it's fantastic. And yeah, they're right. The mechanics are not fantastic, um, especially now since, you know, you do the world boss train and there's just a bunch of people knocking it down. It doesn't actually do anything to you, really. You might get knocked down because you're in this large AOE that's not well telegraphed, but it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, if they could update all of these, it'd be really good. It's got the spectacle. It just needs the substance now. It yeah, exactly. And they're saying that yeah. the other three, not Shadow Behemoth, are getting the spectacle added a little bit possibly to them as well. Mm. I love it. I'm so happy for this. I genuinely think that the world bosses and the metas are some of the real showstoppers of Guild Wars 2. They are events that consistently, anytime I'm streaming the game and somebody has never seen Guild Wars 2, if I'm in a meta or I'm fighting a world boss, they are like, what is this? Yeah. And every time I get to be like, this is just open world content in Guild Wars 2. And, you know, it's one of those things where any of the drawbacks of it, any of the, like, maybe, yes, if there's a billion people and the boss has a ton of effects, you're a little laggy or like whatever. It literally does not even matter to me because they are so cool and so memorable and on such a scale that almost no other game attempts to do, right? Like, you yeah. might have a world boss pop up in almost any other game that I play, and, like, sure, it's probably bigger than other character models, but it is not, like, a literal dragon descends from the sky and waves of, like, undead yeah. are coming at you, or, like, portals into the mists are torn and all these spirits and monstrosities come pouring out, or, I mean, it's just, like, absolutely incredible and i still to this day remember the very first world bosses that i was taken to in the game and shadow behemoth and the fire elemental and even those fights in their unpolished states like well unpolished i guess older states um because you know they were outdated created, states, yeah. yeah outdated states okay. like even with that i still was so blown away so to see these get that attention and that love and mm. some reworks, I know Nick's been working on them and then they've got these new models and all sorts of other stuff. Like this is going to be such an effective way to, again, without having to completely overhaul the entire core game, create really memorable experiences for new and old players alike. And I think help get that impetus for players to keep going and want to see, well, if this was in the base game, what else is out there, you know? 
Well, in, it's the preparation for mechanics as well, and understanding that this is the way this is the way the game is towards more end game. Like in filtering that that kind of discovery of that, and understanding what the game is kind of like as you move through it as well. Because really, the behemoth and and other things, you can just sit under the mouth and just sit there and damage it. And like it's the same with Svanir Chieftain. You know, you just go there and hit a thing. But there's pre events. Uh, and that isn't really... I'll be interested to see if they've kind of done something with the pre's leading up to these events as well. That we call Fire Elemental as well. You just kind of sit there and everyone looks at each other's mounts and it's there for like a minute. Uh, it's just like... Well, I've someone been doing else it recently. does stuff. <laughs> Sorry? Other people do stuff for you. For oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, but like, you know, there might maybe there's some more emphasis on a little bit more yeah, uh, put in for those where you, you do have to do a little bit more. It would be cool. Maybe. Um, but like you have maybe. to go back to these, a lot of these boss fights in like hope journey and journey for like other things, variants and stuff like that. So they can go, you know, connect those. It's really good. And I think the model update, they are going to be updating the model as well. The models. I'm hoping... I'm interested to see how different they're going to be. Like, how yeah. different the models are going to be. Is, is Chieftain just going to be this complete, just evolution? Like, is it just going to be this big thing? What's going to happen? Is Behemoth yeah, going to get right a little now, bit more, like, substance to it? I don't know. Right now, Chieftain is definitely the most underwhelming one. It's just a guy. It's just a guy, it? but there is a giant elemental there. It's just you have to crane your head up to see it, and you never actually notice it's yeah. there until the, it's the done. Effects, the effects are, like, just so loud. <laughs> they yeah. cover it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm interested also to see... They say a champion loot bag's added to each of them. Just one, uh, yeah. Are there going to be unique rewards in the champion loot bags? Probably not, no. but at least it means that you'll get something more than two greens and a blue for these guys. I mean, that, you on. get your guaranteed rare, right? You get your guaranteed, <laughs> yeah. And now a champion loot bag on top of that, so you'll get some nice rewards. Uh, it's, yeah. It could be a little bit updated gold-wise, I think, as well. Maybe a little tiny bit more. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. A little bit extra. Maybe. I mean, honestly, people still love running world bosses. Oh, yeah. They're not going mean, to stop. Yeah. Yeah, even where even just where they are as they are. I I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's such a great, you know, there's the timers, we have the devices even in game that'll help alert you to what's going on where. It's a great thing to just kind of punctuate your game session and like run and do. You have the rewards, there's some of them that drop that, you know, have those chances at the special loot and other things. So, I like that they buffed it up. I love um as as has been pointed out, a couple of the updated models are visible in the post. They, oh, they that put is them the updated there. ones. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, I agree with stuff like the Svanir Chieftain. It always did feel to me kind of like in your starting tutorial when you have the big thing that pops up and you're like, whoa, that's so scary. And then literally five seconds, two seconds later, it's dead. And you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, OK. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always kind of felt like that with him where I was like, yeah, it's just a guy. Oh, and the guy is dead. <laughs> so I think that having some of these updates again um will will help a lot. I even saw in chat an interesting suggestion of something like I hope they use these to even reinforce basic combat lessons like the break bar phase mm-hmm. and stuff like that or even having like an ally line where someone yells like it seems like he's impervious. We have to break his you know I don't know his posture or something. <laughs> break <laughs> his posture. <laughs> Because obviously, you can't have oh, no, in the it needs world to be that now. It, it has to be that. It appears to be something blue all over him. We must kneecap them. 
Oh god! Oh, look at that bar! And uh, look, there's something appearing around their head and a small thing around their area. And now, look, look, they did. Use an ability to knock him down. I I don't know. Some kind of crowd control might be effective. (laughs) I wonder what fear does. (laughs) Or banish, for example. Mm. Yeah, you know, they could do something like that. they could but i mean these are great lessons for stuff like that and um are really great i think teaching moments in that like it's always going to be hard when you have so many people and so much chaos there is going to be less precision of right like very specific visible mechanics that people pick up on and very clearly can respond to as individuals yeah. when you have large-scale events like this but i don't think this supposed to be they... hard either are they well Especially yeah but... so early, right? Even as we've seen with more recent stuff, right? Like when I think about, um, oh, the fight with Drakkar, and when I think about, I mean, even just a lot of the fights in End of Dragons or anything, some of those markers, some of the things that they are using now in strike missions, some of those communication devices, like a stack up or, you know, stuff like that, right? They still show in some of those large scale encounters and still teach great lessons of visibility that I think players then will see in raids and see in strikes and responsiveness to mechanic tells. So, It'll be great to see these reworked. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I, um... Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Farnax. Holy! I was going to say, I think that most of this is mm. just about Steam. They, they, they need the, 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 yeah. It has to be. They yeah, need oh, yeah, the starting game to be as polished as it can be, as pretty, as gripping, as, as tantalizing, come and look at the shinies at the at max level, as they possibly can. And that that is... And I'm 100% here for it, because if we don't grow the community, then the game dies. I want the game to be successful and have longevity. So polish that end game. Um, polish and that the beginning start game. game. Yeah. <laughs> polish, polish the start game to perfection. I, I, yeah. I want them to go back into the into the vanilla maps. I want them to go back. I want them to kind of overhaul or give more interesting events and, yeah, reflect the season one. Yeah, I was going to say that I completely agree. Uh, they even mention it in the notes. They say this is because of we want things to look nice for Steam, and I think that's great. I think that they're thinking about the release for Steam, and it looks like they're going over and trying to correct a lot of little things in the game that that uh, are maybe pain points or just not so great look-wise for the game that that uh, that should get little changes to them, and this is one of them. I, I, think, I think Jebro... Jebro even has an idea for the rest of the show where What's we talk about mean? what are some other things that should yeah, be changed. Yeah, for Steam. we do. We will have to get there. Uh, oh, <laughs> that, that's the thing. So we've well, got we've got we've got a little bit to go, and I feel like a lot of what we're talking about could come up during this. And but this is a big part of the actual post itself. We've still got the roadmap bit, and we've got we've got a little bit to go. But yeah, keep. I mean, we can talk about this for a little bit longer. Yeah, I just want to say that I haven't seen the community respond this way, but it has crossed my mind that the possibility for a response like this is possible. The response being, you know, well, why are they only doing this for Steam and why haven't they addressed any of this in the last 10 years? Again, I haven't seen anybody respond this way, Mm -hmm. but a little part of me braced myself for this (laughs) because Mm. I... We all know how MMO communities can kind of be. Um, So I guess just, yeah. And I guess just my own thoughts on that 
in case these feelings are in places on the internet that I haven't seen or, um, you know, that it is something that people have been wondering about, is mainly just the fact that I honestly think that right now the decision to push to Steam is perfectly timed. This is something that you can tell, I think, has been on their radar for a long time, and that especially as platforms mm -hmm. like Steam have gained more and more momentum, um, and as more games have consolidated onto these kinds of platforms, I think that working to push this out now, as we are on the advent of a new era in Guild Wars 2, and the culmination of what is sort of the original arc of the game's trajectory, is perfectly timed. And it's not unique to Guild Wars 2. We've seen several other MMOs currently that are hitting this same kind of anniversary benchmark, who have also had a lot of pain points in their games over the years. And likely just because of the nature of MMO development and that constant push forward, the next release, the next thing, try and bring people in with this stuff, don't always have the resources from expansion to expansion, from patch That's cycle it. to patch cycle, to go back and yeah. do the stuff that they might really want to do, but cannot necessarily have the allocated teams to do. So when you're wrapping up something like this, a 10-year story arc, and then you're pushing for a huge new horizon like Steam release, in case anybody sees these kind of reactions in the community from somewhere, I mean, I would just mm -hmm. say, like, this is perfect timing and reinvestment for the future of the game. And now that they have a moment to start fresh with a new narrative, to start fresh with a new trajectory, a new, right? Like, this kind of maintenance, I think, is just better to pitch to say, like, hey, this is what we want to do right now in many ways, um, even just from a commercial standpoint for the big higher-ups. Um, and to coincide with something like Steam release, yes, we want our best foot forward. We want a new wave of players in this game. We want the community to be like infused with new people and to see even more and you know more resources and allocation and um, you know greater heights for the game in the future. So that's kind of what I've been just thinking about that recently. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I mean that that question if the player base would ask that, I like it, it would. To me, it's just such an obvious answer as to why it hasn't been done before, because they were working on the live game. They were working on make, giving new stuff to people. It's just such an obvious answer that it, it would surprise me if that is uh, like, a you know, a, a rising thread on Reddit about why didn't they do this before and wait till the Steam release. But, you know, things have surprised me before, so maybe people will ask that I've question. got a good answer for that, actually. <laughs> I've, I think I've got a good answer for that. I, I mean, think a lot, of, yeah. a lot of the time that people have complaints about that is when the end game is suffering, when the end game isn't good, or when the end game has not been worked on. Mm, we just had okay. an expansion, which was the best... Ex one of the pr I would say, depending on how in... Heart of Ones is still very, very good. Um, but I think, you know, End of Dragons may peak it a little bit for me in different areas. It just depends. Uh, I think because we've still got mounts and, and just the strikes and everything that came from it. It was very strong. Um, and it was, it, it's not only proved to continue to be strong, but they have just had, like, this epic race that has just been, you know, echoed out in the MMO world. Um, and if that had not been in place, and if had End of Dragons had not been as well received as, as it had been, I guarantee you that would have happened. 100% it would have, because it has happened in every single MMO RPG I've ever played, 
and I have played many since the age of 20. Like I've got 20 plus years of MMORPG experience and this is something that happens very, very often. It's always a reply to a lack of something. This is something that happens as human beings as well. We respond to something because something isn't being met elsewhere. It's very psychological, yeah. actually. And not very not everybody has the long view on things. That, exactly, like, yeah. They want that instant satisfaction. Yeah. And nowadays, even more so because of the way we engage with each other, the way we engage with social media, gaming specifically. Patience TikTok is not as culture. high. Yes, yeah. yeah. It, it is, it's, it's, it's a legitimate thing. So really, honestly, it's a credit to the game that that is not the case. Like, it is in a good spot. It's the best spot it's been. And if you want some numbers... For how many people this is gonna put this is gonna put onto Guild Wars 2 potentially. Steam at peak gets over twenty-five million people logging in every day, pretty much, at peak times. And there is a hundred and sixty million people that use Steam. And at the lowest time, there's just under is just over 17 million people on Steam. Wow. That means there's going to be 160 million people coming into Guild Wars 2, guys. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. It's eyes. No, I think you're right. It's eyes. true. That's like, 100%, 100% true. If you yeah. heard it here first. If you yeah. go well, onto the Steam charts as well and you take a look at other MMORPGs, 31,000 people playing Final Fantasy fourteen through Steam. That's Steam. It has a it has a patcher. It has its own launcher. You've got ESO, which is like twenty five k. And but a lot of people don't even play games unless they're on Steam. For God's sake, like because they're that anal about it. Because they want it like that launcher, and even they try and work it through so they use Steam as a launcher. Sorry, go on. I want to just continue my thought before I forgot it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Steam That's release. You out there. You see that? Yeah, thank you. I saw. I saw. Uh, Steam, <laughs> Steam release. Uh, could, could, I'm going to raise my hand whenever I have a question. And then, Fornax, you, if you could also put up the question mark when you see me raising my hand so that Jebra understands that I need to ask a question. I know. You can, I know. I just got finished. You just got to wait for the um, floor to finish. Yeah. There you go. Make your point. There you okay. Go. My, my question is this um, Steam release happens. Influx, a ridiculous influx of new players to the game. It's free as well. How, people know. what should i stock up on to put on the trading post to maximize this is not the question for this point in time <laughs> <laughs> to maximize my profits platinum. for all the new players platinum Rumble blue platinum <laughs> pro- platinum's probably going to go down it's like one of the most expensive flipping ores <laughs> so annoying no. Uh, anyway. Anything to do with ascended? Anything to do with ascended items? Because Ooh, everyone is true. going to be going those there. Daily ca- those daily mm-hmm. times, those daily one-offs. <laughs> I have one. Create the silk and stuff. Inventory bags. Oh yeah. Possibly. Although those are all those are craftable though. So. I think they're gonna put a load of those in in the. It's the fact that it's craftable does not mean that people will level their crafters and then. No, craft- no, but I mean, you know what people I mean, are like. They, people they will just buy, want that stuff. Don't people will buy them off the trading post, but then mean. the the demand will be remet by people crafting it who are already able to craft it and just yeah. Mm. Yeah. I will say a compliment to the gang. Considering that we are coming up on the 10th anniversary, yeah. I think that old content, that vanilla content, actually, and even the, the, the areas, they stand up really bloody well. Really, really well. I mean, I know that a lot of games like Final Fantasy is having a, a, a visual overhaul at the moment and it's going through, and I think that's a good idea. Before and next, I know can, that WoW can has. Can we bring but... this back when? Can we bring this back after the post? Because this is relevant to later. Is that all right? Oh, 
fine, fine. No, no, you can, we can talk no, about no, what no, you think fine, doesn't fine. need a refresh. I'm not fine. trying to interrupt. I just I want to make sure we pop pop it in the right I'm, I am, in the right I am place. So, I am so good with this. You can tell. <laughs> I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to do better with structure. No, but I learned this. I learned this earlier. That just means she's drinking tea. So that is good. actually true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're angrily drinking tea. Always, I'm British. Okay. We always angrily drink tea. Remember your remember your point because I do. Uh, uh, it is very relevant to Leia, and it is relevant okay. now. I just want to make sure we get through the article, <laughs> and then okay. and then we can because then we can just be a little because otherwise we're not going to get through. <laughs> just no, I appreciate I just that you have a button for that. I always have a button. Yeah, that was made probably for me. That was made for you specifically. Thank yes, you. it was. You're welcome. Oh, You're welcome, I'm glad dear. for friends. <laughs> I don't mean that. I mean, I do mean that. What am I talking about? Um, I'm so... going to make a new one soon. <laughs> right, will be a new one. Yeah. I want a special Harold emote. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Oh, there you go. Oh, thanks. Mine is the question mark. Who wants to read this next bit? Rick? Would you partake? Yeah. Really got, I almost accidentally hit the disconnect button while unmuting myself because wow. my neighbors were being <laughs> right just here, like, so. no, I'm not doing <laughs> it. Just right. It would have been perfect pretty funny, timing. Been All right, next up simplifying and improving raid rewards. We are proud of the gameplay that endgame content like raids offers, but the perceived high barrier to entry makes it somewhat of a niche game mode. There's a lot of opportunity to grow the endgame PvE community, and one of our goals this year has been to break down some of the barriers discouraging players from jumping into the content. We feel that it's important for future Steam players to see that there is a healthy PvE community waiting for them at endgame. Yes. We've already taken a few steps towards our goal of making raid content more accessible. On June 7th, we made the Special Forces training area more accessible to give players an easier way to practice for raid content. On June 8th, uh, 28th, we introduced the Emboldened system, which gives new raid players an easier on-ramp into the content as they learn the encounter mechanics and their roles. These efforts are already paying off as a wave of new raiders have stepped forward into the content and cleared their first wing, and many have even chosen to charge on into later wings without emboldened to, bol uh, to bolster them. We'd like to extend our gratitude to the raiding community for welcoming these new players in and helping them succeed. We'll have the best shot of growing the endgame PvE community if we work together. In the July 19th update, we'll be making some changes to raid rewards to help address some long-standing pain points and reduce unnecessary complexity in raid currencies. All existing gating crystals are being converted to magnetite shards, and gating crystals as a currency will be retired. The weekly magnetite shard cap will be doubled from 150 to 300 to account for the previous weekly cap of 150 gating crystals. All rewards that previously required gating crystals to purchase will now cost magnetite shards instead. You'll still need to complete specific encounters to unlock their associated rewards, but now you'll be able to work toward any item you want to purchase by playing any raid. Cool. Additionally, yeah, I think it's super cool. Additionally, existing legendary divinations are being converted into legendary insights, and legendary insights are being converted from an item in your inventory into a currency. You'll now be able to purchase gifts of compassion and gifts of prowess from Scholar Glenna at the same cost as the previous Mystic Forge recipes for those items. 
Challenge mode raid rewards are also seeing a major update. Going forward, completing any challenge mode raid encounter will award a bonus chest containing two gold, two provisioner tokens, ten mm. magnetite shards, bonus experience, and a random exotic item. This reward can be obtained once per week per encounter. The top-tiered Terror Toppler achievement will be retired. Well done. We <laughs> well done. <laughs> Honestly, no, that was good. Sorry. That deserves praise. <laughs> yes. We believe it should be easy to understand the path toward earning a reward, and players should feel rewarded for the time and effort they put into learning and completing raid content. Simple as that. Beautiful. The provisioner, uh, the provisioner tokens, man. Oh, that's that's going to be good, good for you, boots, right? Like you talked about. Yeah, they're not that stuff hard early. to get. You get twelve a day. Yeah, but you have to craft the stuff, don't you? No, you just buy it off a trading post. Yeah, but if we don't have money, like you've got to buy, like you've got to make yeah. all of these things and it's get the like recipes. It's like each. It's really not that bad. But yes, it is wow, good. Wow, money is... bags, boots over here. It is good. <laughs> it is good. Uh, I will say, uh, do you think that the random exotic item has a chance of being a precursor? I mean, that would be sick. if it's a bag, unless it's, I mean, you can get ascended, can't you? Or is it just uh, wait, it says random exotic item? Um, I don't know, Nick. <laughs> do you know? Cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I have to always check. Just you know, sometimes yeah. someone says something. Um. All of these There's, things are good, I think. Isn't there yeah. just like the standard kind of rotation of exotic weapons that you get? You know, those kind of ones that everyone has a skin of if you've done the raids and you can kind of, you can, they kind of sell from about 30, 40 silver or whatever. I think it's just extra one of them, isn't it? I don't know if anyone's ever got a precursor from a raid, as it is. Uh, I don't know. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Have no cool. clue. Nick doesn't I mean, know. <laughs> Honestly, I there are so many things in this section, although it kind of all condenses down to the fact that they are unifying all currency into magnesite shards, that you will still need to complete prerequisite things. So it's not like, you know, you can just buy the rewards for a boss or something that you've never done before, which I actually think is a really good move because yeah. it feels cool to like clear a boss and then have access to the unique things mm. that are sort of tied to mm. that. Absolutely. But also maybe you don't want to run that boss and grind it every single week or you know yeah so once you've actually gone in and you've completed it just being rewarded for engaging with raid content period and then being able to work towards whatever rewards you want for that awesome because like i know for example that when i finished zira and all the legendary stuff i was like i don't want to do this fight for at least two more years. <laughs> like, I'm over it. I don't want to do it. Um, for many reasons. Swing free this don't... week, people. I think. So. Uh, I, it's We're like, I actually love Zero's design, oh, yeah. but I, find, I personally find that the fight so is it the gliding that's the worst? Or? It's the weird, the gliding thing where you angle it and then you like clip the end of it oh, no. and you fall to your death or just like all of the weird little things in that fight that just make it frustrating. We are <laughs> like, literally learning that this weekend. Oh. <laughs> it's so satisfying when you complete it and you yeah. get to that like special arena and you get your legendary thing unlocked. Like I loved that. It is a yeah, real cool. highlight for me in my memories. But like as an example, right? This incentivizes me to just continue engaging with raids whatever those raids yeah. might be then also get rewards for something that i have achieved in the game so i like that um 
And then, of course, we have stuff like the uh, additional cap, which I think is great. Um, and then, as well, the stuff like uh, the reward for CMs, which I am also excited about. Because it seems like right now, most of the time when I run with my weekly raid group, right, some of the CMs aren't so bad, but yeah. there's not really, like... I don't know. It doesn't really feel like for the most part, unless our groups just want challenge or for whatever reason, or there's something specific that, you know, is tied to that. It doesn't seem like we are often just like, oh, yeah, let's just learn all the CMs for this wing. We run it enough and we'll just do it. But with even two gold more per CM, I feel like for me, it's more on my radar to be like, oh, well, let's just talk about the CMs. You want to just do the CM? So I'm just going to lay a little gold for that. You know, like, why not? I mean, might as well. So... I, I honestly like that as as well as a bonus for other things in there. By the way, something blew my mind as you were reading it. Um, the fact that the, the gating crystals are being removed, uh, I just realized that they're called gating crystals. Like, it's a time gate. <laughs> for the different things to get. Yeah, but yeah, never mind. It's gone now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry? I, uh, I don't know. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, the crystals, and someone said in, I think it was D, said, you know, the kill-proof thing as well. You don't have to spam your insights, which is just stupid anyway. Um, <laughs> always found that a bit ridiculous. Like, you must have so many to have raiding experience. Raids have been out for a long time. You could just have a lot. <laughs> just go on one boss. Like, what, is that even a thing still? Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, challenge mode raid rewards, so that's great. I think with, I think that's most, I think, you know, they're great, they're great things. They're good, you know. It's nice to hear that um, people are moving from emboldened onto other wings as well, and it's giving that oomph. We have literally, yeah. I think, one of the big things that came from emboldened for our like, for the community. There's some people from Lightbringers as well as like my own guild community. Um, we have been doing the emboldened. We've been going every week. So we did wing one. We did wing two. We've taken loads of people through these raids who have never done them before. But not only that, but they've learned the mechanics because we have gone to five, like the level five, and we have slowed down. And I've just said, right, um, when we completed Wing 2 last week, I said, we've got three minutes. This boss is at 12%. We've, we've got this. This is good. But let's learn what's going on here. Like, you can see they're doing this. We've got the reflex for you know to make sure we get rid of the dome around the boss we've uh, got all these different mechanics like dropping the poison we're going to see if more people can get the poison people really started to like nail that the cannons on sabfa like you know we had one person on each cannon you know that that tactic that strat one person knows they have to go and get the cannon it's the easiest way to do it honestly if you unless you've been doing that fight for years you know two people can do it we all know all the, all the ways you do it best people way people learn those fights is to do them how they were intended to be done and then you can adapt that strategy and do it in a more efficient way for your community or whatever but like you know bobby stein came with us and, and notably said that is the first time i have ever done that fight and understood what went on mm. and he like do you know what i mean because he was actively involved in going to a cannon and destroy he, he wouldn't mind me saying that i'm sure but like he went actively went there and destroyed the cannon came back and that gave him the confidence as a person as a raider to be like you know what i can do that thing now and i wonder if i could do that under pressure so then there's the idea of going and do that without emboldened mode and seeing how that can go 
So that was good. That was good. Even to hear like a member of Runenet stuff say that was like really, really awesome. He did say it live on the stream as well. Um, yeah. And you know, and there we've got are, more people again, doing it. Sorry. There are different teams that work on different things in video games. So, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, Bobby's yeah. doing story. You know, that's, he's not designing the mechanics of the fights and all that kind of stuff. He's doing some very, he's very specific in his job. And, it was just it was nice to hear that from an employee let alone anyone else but the other people you know who did say you know it's the first time i did wing two like this really gets me invigorated to do raids and even just to know that i don't have to do my best in this like i can just do i can just play what i want so i just literally said like people just bring whatever you want to bring because in bolden mode doesn't really matter we're going to do it as long as we get the mechanics down damage is going to be fine healing is going to be fine all that stuff's going to be fine and then we'll get to the point where we try and, you know, finesse that a little bit more and people can come with roles. Um, mm. I do yeah, think there's one yeah. thing well, I wanted to bring up that you had mentioned, Jeb, yeah. right? So all of these improvements, I think, are fantastic when it comes to getting more people into this game mode because mm. there are always two components of everything, <laughs> including the Steam release and for the health of an MMO, right? We have new players. There's sort of the intermediary retention of players so that they transition from new players to the other group, which is veteran players. So we need to have a good balance of new players that are having positive experiences that are feeding in and creating more veteran players that stick with the game long term, that invest and build foundational stuff for communities like Deb, like you were even saying, exactly. with taking people through, teaching the mechanics, teaching them right. And we as players play a huge role in this system because, you know, every single group that does raid groups, yes, should absolutely be saying, hey, are there new players? Do you want to come in and do emboldened now, right? Because we need to also be part of the process of creating stepping stones to get more people empowered and to take advantage of the systems that are in game and introduce people in, especially at this point. But... Like you pointed out earlier, Jeb, I think that at the beginning of the blog post, there's a line in here mm. that says, we feel that it's important for future Steam players to see that there's a healthy PvE uh, community yeah. mm -hmm. waiting for them at the end game. So if there's one thing, and we can talk about this more later, but if there's one thing that I do think that um, we need to continue, I mean, and, and that does need to be on ArenaNet's radar, and I know they're thinking about this, right? Mm. Um, it is the, as well, the other side of this equation, the veteran players, many of whom may have left the game at various points that they weren't sure about the future of PvE. And I have always been someone that's like, this is something that I enjoy in this game. I really love this kind of content. But when it comes to hardcore, regular, or, you know, even just anticipating what the schedule for release is mm -hmm. of PvE content... That has been a pain point for many people in the community that might structure their actual play bursts and or what they're looking forward to around that kind of content. Um, and strikes have been an incredible, incredible asset. Mm -hmm. I think they even really needed a period of time just doing these strikes and the CMs to even just test out what is the full range of the future of mechanics we can do in this game? How can we explore boss design is this something that we want to lean into specifically, or do we ever want to do something like raids again? Mm -hmm. Fractals. And I mm -hmm. think that one of the big steps as well leading into Steam release will be actually just 
addressing the community and telling them what is happening because like this i, I know you're I'm saying, saying this with, i'm saying this with trepidation yeah. because like i trust arena net and i personally will be playing this game no matter what but one of the big things that i have still see be a major hang-up for veteran players is will we ever get another raid wing will we ever have more fractals are these systems that will still exist or is it all strikes from here on out yeah. and personally yeah i feel like the strike mission content is phenomenal but i do also personally believe that for the health and longevity of an mmo you need to have varied ranges of pve instanced content and so i just hope that before and i think that a big part of this factor of new players coming in and seeing that there is a healthy end game pve community much of it is making it more accessible for players and even just for new players to see coming into the game i can do this because in so many other games they can't or it's really hard or you have to grind so much gear or there's all these hurdles you have to jump and you don't have to in Guild Wars 2. You can walk in all exotics and just YOLO in Guild Wars 2. And there will be bosses where you can't do that. But there will be many bosses where you can. And you can start really getting into endgame in a way that I think is just so fluid and so wonderful that many other MMOs don't necessarily have to the same extent. Um, but I think that they are also to encourage these veteran players and to show that there is a promising future, they are going to at some point have to address what is happening with these other forms of content yeah. and what players can expect from them for the future of the game. Because right now, I do think there is still an underlying current of trepidation within the community that's already invested in this or could be stepping stones for new players to learn. Um, sorry, that was long. but No, I, I agree with you entirely. I think... I think the issue right now, though, is that um, the strikes format that they're doing is a bit it. It's a bit of an experiment in trying to get people into hardcore content more than they have been in the past. Um, and I think they're learning what they could do with hardcore content from what they're seeing through what they're releasing the strikes. Mm. And so I th I think that we should get information about uh what will be we could expect in the future uh content wise uh but i don't know if it's going to be immediately i think they're first gonna you know get more data about the number of people <laughs> joining uh in strikes and I, I i don't i don't think we'll see raids come back at least until after steam uh the steam release happens uh probably the same thing with fractals carry on talking i'll be right back Okay. You can talk about yeah, the same thing with fractals. I think I think the previous um, challenge mode that just happened, and the reaction it got from the community, and the reaction it got from outside the community was very hopeful. And I think that 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 will probably go a long way to uh, give ArenaNet the deciding power to do more of this type of content and more regularly. Um, so. <sighs> I hope that it continues at a faster pace than we've seen. And I would like to know in the next strike mission, because the next thing they're going to do is a strike mission, not a raid or a fractal. I'd like to know when the next strike mission is, because it does seem like it should be tied to the story. Is it going to be Scarlet on the Breachmaker? It should be. 
It should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. But yes. that wouldn't be until the end of this year, right? Because didn't doesn't yeah. it say that episode four is coming out, what was it, September? We'll, we'll go over it when we actually... Let me see. Let me see. Yeah. So the yeah. this summer is season three and four. So it'll be at, definitely after September. Um, but they also didn't announce there are any strikes coming with seasons uh, episode three or four. So probably it'll be earliest final episode with the breach maker and a new strike. Uh, hopefully mean, they announce something about it. I mean, the the dream would be that no, they don't do a strike. What they do is they they turn old Lion's Arch, destroyed Lion's Arch, into a massive raid. Wow, that would be the dream. That would actually be really cool. And it could be like an optional thing. Like you could still have the story beat that very clearly would communicate to you that Lion's Arch has been destroyed, but then they could take some of those challenges and some of the other things that happened within the destruction of the city and make it something like that that players could engage with. That'd be really cool. They would need to add it as part of the, it would be part of the storyline as well. But if they could turn that into a raid, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, otherwise we have no other instanced pve group content on the horizon until i'm assuming episode five is when Breachmaker would happen is that what we think or four five would be Breachmaker, yeah five so that isn't we don't even know that would be after september so the very end of this year and then possibly a delay even after that for something like a cm so in that period to not have Within any range of content, I'm not even just talking hardcore, right? Like, um, but, you know, a new fractal would be kind of equivalent to a new dungeon and many other MMOs. Mm-hmm. Um, a new strike would also be its own, you know, kind of single challenge instance farmable thing. Um, Raid wing, obviously much larger. But yeah, otherwise, we're not going to be getting anything in regards to instance PVE until probably after September, which does seem like a very long, long time. <laughs> mm, yeah. 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 I mean. For me, all this is great. I mean, one, it's nice to see a design team able to look back and go, yeah, we've got too many currencies. We've got too many things cluttering up people's inventories. This is just bulk and unnecessary. And inventory, nobody want, nobody's here to play inventory wars, right? So, well, yeah. Speak for yourself. Oh, God damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's all I do. Is that all you you can come stop my bags out then? It definitely um, seems that way right now with all the fish. But anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> you have completely busted my chain of thought. No, um, so that's all great. I'm glad. I'm glad that they've got these new mechanics in. I'm glad that people are not being elitist pricks about the raids anymore. Or they're certainly limiting that. I think that that's where the whole we must foster a friendly community business is because there are some people who are elitist pricks and gatekeepers when it comes to raids and i i and other games get around that by having automatic looking for raid groups so no other you don't have to interact with another human being to get into the raid mm-hmm. yeah that's how other other games deal with it but so that's good i'm happy that these changes are here but the, there's a few unique challenges i think for guild wars 2 so the They've tied one hand behind their back because they don't have the Holy Trinity. Okay, it it it, it changes oh, the way for, that they for can, matchmaking. Yeah, for for matchmaking. So that there's no um, item level system or, or sort of gatekeeping to do with gear, other than 
people being horrible to you. So you, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, there's there's no holy trinity, so they can't have those very very stressful kind of edgy fights that you get in other MMOs like Final Fantasy fourteen. I mean, I've had my hair on fire running around and raids trying to heal. It's 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 exciting. It's like heart heart stopping stuff. So I think there's a there's a limitation, or certainly they've made i think they've made it more difficult for themselves because they 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 have a more looser trinity but i the real problem for me that i see going forward is that if they want to get into the same league as the big boys if they want to be up there fighting for player retention with final fantasy 14 and world of warcraft they have to have regular raid content they have to have big raids where people can think that they can go in there's prestige and the items that's what that's what the player base of mmos generally want and if they're trying to get that money if they're trying to get those bums on seats they're gonna have to deliver at least some of that to get these these like hardcore raiders in that's my opinion, anyway. Are you still going on this? You're still going on this. This is good. This is good. He sorry. told us to continue. Yeah, he no, told no, us I'm to go, glad. So we no, no, I'm glad you get you got it. Welcome yeah, back. sorry. I had um, I had a little client uh, call. I, I'm still kind of on call technically on Friday, so I want someone oh. called, and I needed to. It was very important. Oh. Um, I mean, we could also talk about the the the, the pitiful um loot reward system for the, all the effort that you put into raids. Mm. I mean, Outside we can of talk the about the collections ref- that you have to do. We could do the ref- talk about that maybe for the refreshing bit, maybe, <laughs> like, and put that there, maybe. I have a whole list, by the way. I, I prepared this time. I have like a wow. list of things. Yeah. Well, we're getting, we, we're almost there. Um, yeah, okay, let's go, let's go. I think uh, basically, and you may have said this while as well, um, I think the initial point, which is something which I've always, I think we've always championed, maybe something, is communication. And I think because we don't have that communication of that, of that, because this is this this is an issue which is been around in this game for a long time, um, and it, and the, the big one of the big times, one of the main times it occurred was actually PvP when they ended competitive uh, pro league, and no one knew what was going on. Is it going to be happening again? Are we going to be doing it again? Is it going to be a thing again? No communication. Still, to this day, no one's really officially said it's over. Like, you know, they've never really um, said that. They didn't. I guess not. Yeah, but like, you know, it's insinuated <laughs> by the fact that no, we know it's over now because it's been years. Are you sure, though? There wasn't really an incommunication on that. It's like raids, you know, it's left in the wind. Rather than saying, we're done, we're going over there to do this thing, there is no... And it's always it's on the table, Deborah. Well, it, that, is that the thing? But there's no communication at that. And I think certainty, people like when they invest in something, it's like, you know, it's the saying, isn't it? Dog's not just for Christmas. An MMO is not just for Christmas <laughs> because you're in, we've been playing this, you know, I've been playing this for 10 years. I'm pretty sure Boots and, and Harold, you've been playing this for 10 years as well. And like yeah. Rookery is now going to be playing this forever. So like, <laughs> you know, you've been there for years. So we all know our stuff. We've all been playing this game on and off for a long time. And I really do think at times, there just comes a time when you say, yeah, even if they said, you know, this is just not off the table. We're not sure yet. Like we, we actually might be bringing this back. Even if you said that, then that would just be enough. I think sometimes, I think sometimes that's just enough, just as some kind of like glimmer. 
or it's just a little bit of a we've been thinking about this still this is still something that's in the ether you know every mmo needs a daddy yoshi p that is what every mm-hmm. MMO needs. Someone to sit down at the table with pictures that he's printed out of the things that are coming and telling us all what's happening. Like a show and why tell. they fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, mm. it's absolutely adorable. Or what Jebro's saying, you could just have uh, like one dev just uh, to one da- tweet One daddy t- dev. One, one DM, one DM kind of. uh, text well, towards the different communities saying, thinking of you, smiley face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I think... <laughs> Part of this, and this is something that we've talked about a lot, so we don't have to touch on it that much, but I think that part of why it's been so effective with Yoshi P and Koji Fox or whoever else he sits down at that table with is the fact that you actually see him as a person and that we tend to empathize more directly with a human being that we see as well Mm -hmm. as like being able to control the tone, being able to, you know, give this kind of you know like setting setting a an emotional receiving space as well if that makes sense and i think that people are much more likely to misread into or not read at all just pure text so like the fact that they do these little you know like these little yes. sit down live streams it isn't just this guy named Yoshida-san who talks sometimes on a blog post. It is this man who wears all these rings and makes these silly faces and becomes little memes for the community and who, you know, has his little piece of paper just like you characterized, right? When you were describing mm-hmm. him, you have actual tangible memories of this man telling you about what's coming up. And, like, the times that the community has gone wild over him crying on stream because something got delayed or, like, apologizing profusely and, like, bowing, like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. It does not head off all toxicity in the community by any means, but it creates a very human picture of someone that is then characterized in your mind. Um, And I think that there is a more of a sympathetic response with that. I it's think tough the mo- to do- I think- oh, oh so I was going to say Ooh. I think the closest person in the community that we have is Ruby for that. Yeah. She maybe. is an incredibly humanizing character. She is a lovely person. You can tell she deeply cares about the community and the game and she's really open and awesome. So I just I just want to say I agree and Ruby is definitely that for the game. I I think though that it's not an easy thing to do to be that focal point for a game, to be that person who both is there to, you know, hype the game up and take all the flack when things go badly. It's a very difficult thing to do, as we've seen with what happened recently with the balance patch, just like a dev was, you know, harangued for no good reason. Um, So I think that although it's fantastic to be able to have that for a game, that person is also a lot to ask of that person. Oh, I agree. And I think (sighs) that's why it takes, not every company will do this, right? But I think that companies that have found someone that is a good fit or even outsourced it, right? Mm -hmm. Like in Warframe, for example, there are these two women, but one of the main ones is, I think her name is Rebecca. I, I want to say, and she even has like a cameo in the game as a character and like voice as a character, but she is like essentially their face of broadcast. So like Ruby in that sense, right? Mm. 
so that if you have somebody that is a game director that you know maybe doesn't have the time or the energy or the you know to sit down and do the yoshi p tabletop talk or whatever it is there are other companies that have then started to more aggressively delegate that to a specific face for the company that is good as a host or good mm. as a communicator as a you know community interaction to voice these things um and we have seen guild wars to make efforts towards that right like a lot of the live streams and things leading up to end of dragons we saw some great funny memes the water thing <laughs> nick's incredible killing the cat beautiful yeah. flower shirts the <laughs> killing the cat all of those that's things sound really bad out of context <laughs> well, <laughs> killing the cat oh, megan that's the other one that's the other one yeah, yeah yeah who does xbox specific communication but think about how much conversation and almost more colloquial conversation that fostered in the community positivity jokes memories these sorts of things right so i i do think that um not every company will do it not every company can do it uh, but I have seen it have very positive impacts very on nice. communities, um, especially within the MMO space where the game itself is a living, breathing memory maker in many ways yeah. that you live through in years of your life with other people. So um, that personal connection tends to be something that even retains players in a sense, right? Because they don't just feel like this game takes their money and then gives nothing back. They are part of that game, that community, that living, breathing thing. They stick through it. They have their guild. They have the actual people they look up to. Um, it's a very different relationship in MMOs with the player base, um, for good and bad. <laughs> you know? For um, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Yoshi P, it was Yoshi P, right? Yeah. Uh, is he the director? Yep. He is he, director he, he, and producer. Yeah, he, he, he has many it? hearts. The guy doesn't sleep. He's so so like that's a very unique scenario to too, right? That's, a, yeah. that's like, so, so even though Ruby's kind of the face for a lot of things for Guild Chat, for Guild Wars 2, uh, like a lot of the decision making power doesn't rest on our shoulders and because of that she shouldn't be able to be the focal point for a lot of things it'd be unfair They're to different her. roles yeah yeah <laughs> different roles. so like so it would be t it would be like a grouch or a colin situation would have to take that role yeah Colin's so not even now. that because they're not even the producers so it's like well it I would mean... so standard so always who who's been in that role until i left was colin uh, and it was mo as well when they were co because I think they were yeah. co-directors, and then uh, no, not director, game director uh, specifically. And then you know, Colin is—he's uh, at the top now, where where Mo was, and that's now where Grouch is. It's different, it's different generation, a uh, different way of communicating. And I think, I, I think honestly, Josh does is really good. He gets into the streams, gets into, talks to people, tweets a lot. But there is also, you know, fitting. He's brand new to that role. He shot up. He shot up so quickly. Um, and I think you know. I think I am pretty confident he will get to that spot. Where and I think that will oh, yeah. come with time. I think it's an experience thing. I think it's also they've just got so much going on, and maybe they they've got steam in so many different ways they're putting themselves right now. I think they're being careful about that. I do agree that maybe a little bit more FaceTime would be beneficial because I think in the past we did have that. Um, I mean, I, I would I would say that it doesn't actually have to be. I, I say Yoshi P is an example of putting a human face to the development team and yeah. owning their mistakes, 
being honest about what's coming, being honest about what's not coming, why things are delayed, why things can't be done this way, why we hear you that you want this. We're going to have to, if we can get it done, it's going to take this, this and this. Please bear with us. But I don't think it has to be a single human being. I don't think that no, we should we should turn Ruby into Atlas. I think she has enough to do with, you know. No, 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 no. But, but they have a lot of blog posts and they have a lot of these written blog posts. And that's like fine. I'm, I'm an old person, so I, I'm, I'm fine with that, yeah? But I think that we need a more visual medium yes. for these d regular updates so that it's something that everybody in the community, the TikTok generation that we are all becoming, gets this information and, and, and different people representing different... Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we different people representing different departments so that they can actually, yeah. when people ask questions, they can give cogent and sentient and relevant answers. Sentient, Jesus Christ. Sentient, relevant sentient. answers. Sentient is good. Everyone needs that. Relevant <laughs> answers. Okay. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Yeah, I am done. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's something that has always been... It's weird because Guild Wars 2 had so much video... And clips and combat and everything before it launched that was really that campaign, the launch campaign for Guild Wars 2, I feel like was really, really solid and is probably one of the best I've seen for an MMORPG. Like combat combat trailers, I would watch those. I watched those religiously on on repeat. Like that was so good. And just like even just the you know, some of the creatures like the giants in awe and you know, just the script running around and just some of the abilities from, like, the different new classes and stuff that I've never seen before in the combat yeah. and the PvP stuff. The thief stuff. running across the rooftop. Absolutely. I remember that so yeah. clearly, right? Very yeah. clearly. And even just the funny, stupid April Fool's stuff, like the SWAT team mm. thing they did and that kind of stuff, because I think that was the first year it came out or even before it came out. I think they released that SWAT team action, like, you can be a new class, like the... <laughs> what? I can't remember what they called it. It was the... Uh... It was so Commando. good. Commando, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Commando, yeah. yeah. Um, they, but they even fall so down when advertising the stuff that is actually keeping the live service alive. So they have all these new mounts in-game and the, the, the whole new mount an, series. They just brought out the article. Did you see it? It's today. It just came out today. There's a, literally an article right now that just came out about the mounts, about the oh, further yeah. on advanced mounts. But guess what? It's fucking, yeah. it's a written thing. It's yeah. written. Why don't they have the devs get excited about it? The people who are making this, talking over the top, you can get this thing. It's going to be this epic mount, you know, stick the trailer in an article somewhere, make some video, make some engaging mm. content. I'm not saying the articles aren't good. Loads of people love reading articles. I do as well. I love hearing that and putting my own spin on it. But... I think I feel really, really to get people engaged and for Steam as well. When you have yeah. that thing, that 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 is the first ping ping people will look at. I do not care who you are. You will read the reviews and everything, sure, but you will look at some of the videos below and you will be like, Oh, I want to see some screenshots, I want to see some video. Yeah. I want to see some trailers. I, I think these yeah. are so I think these beautiful mounts that they these mount skins, they should be in the wild. We should see mm. the the exalted griffins flying in the map oh, on Heart of Thorns. They should brilliant. be there. They should be part of the story. Going. You know, we should see the Kraukatoric mounts in the in the in the blasted areas. The, the, you want people to want these things. You want them to open their wallets, make them a living, breathing part of the world, make them a part of the story. You've themed mm. it on that. What are you waste? Why are you wasting this stuff? 
you know mm. that, yeah. i think that's a much bigger conversation it about is, yeah yeah we're, we're but moving, i mean we're moving slowly into that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i mean we yeah we can keep going ahead um i mean there's a lot of stuff to talk about i there have been a lot of huge victories really great stuff really good mm. things honestly mm. um it is just so interesting because watching any of these games that we play and love especially as they're hitting this 10-year marker there is such a huge period of transition and i do not envy i don't envy this team i don't envy grouch either because jebra like you said i think grouch has the potential to very much become that kind of personality for the game sure. he even has a history in content creation right he was I a think commentator. Has... i commentated the esports mm -hmm. with him like when yeah. we, we commentated together the first like there was a tournament in Gamescom in 2014, I think, 15. And me and Krenny Gamer, we went there and we commentated. And I think he was on the team then. That's when he was... And he was but he was doing it pre-before that. He did State of the Games. He did... He was doing podcasts like this, you know? I mean... Yeah. He's very so, much involved in it, yeah. I think he has the skill set, but I think right now as well, like everybody pointed out, there's so much to deal with and there's so much to like handle and so many things that when you are in that position, um, you know, it's like there's i do not envy them all the tasks that they <laughs> have leading up to the steam release as well as trying to adapt and look forward to the mediums and social mediums and all kinds of things that now are such a massive part of the mmo landscape it is not an easy thing to do by any means and they have definitely been taking steps um but i do think that these things just like this roadmap just like everything else right are going to be really instrumental in even just advocating for this game moving forward, keeping it in a place where it can grow, as we've seen, like the game itself on its own, by its own merits, has retained a player base. And there have been things that have been really successful or less successful in the marketing for it. But the fact that like... <laughs> Sorry. We even no. I mean, the fact that we even at this point have things like World of Warcraft coming out with Dragonflight, and then that article came out that... While technically they didn't actually say that WoW is the one that did it first, it was worded in such an awkward way it that it bad like wording. really phrasing was yes. poor. I retweeted was like, that. I was like, it was like, wow, MMO movement has been revolutionized. And then you know that there are millions of people out there in the world that literally don't know that Guild Wars 2 did yeah. this, however yeah. many years ago. <laughs> like, well, one line was like, this is like WoW's version of Torrent, but not a single player game. And <laughs> yeah, it's WoW's version of something. Yeah, it's not really that. It's like, it says the MMO, but like, I've been, I maybe it's a Guild Wars 2 player. I just read that in such a different way, but it was funny. It was just yeah, like... like you want these systems to be something that it's so out there and it reaches the modern player base in such a way that there is no real confusion when something like this happens because everybody's like, yeah, that's one of the reasons you play Guild Wars 2, right? Like, you want that moment where it's like, oh, this is exactly that because I recognize this game and I know this game. And that's always difficult. Not every single person is ever going to know about your game. But again, a lot of the steps they're taking, the Steam release, all these other things, these pieces that we're talking about that maybe still need some work, all of this is going to be instrumental in putting forth what a fantastic game Guild Wars 2 is. So um, mm. anyway, we should probably continue with the blog post. But... Let's continue because we've got oh, roadmap yeah. and everything going, going on. Um is stabilizing fractal instabilities do we need to go through that much sure i mean read it does someone who wants to read it and then i mean i, I guess it's my turn it is 
We'll just do that very quickly. Uh, stabilizing fractal instabilities. The mist lock instability system is tended, intended to keep fractals of the mist feeling fresh. Ooh, with each instability introducing a new twist that provides additional challenges mm. when completing an encounter. However, some instability combinations have a tendency to be more frustrating than challenging or fun. In the July 19 update, we are making adjustments to nearly every mist lock instability to reduce frustrating difficulty spikes, reward players for taking advantage of positive play opportunities, and increase synergy between instabilities across the board. A full breakdown of the changes and design commentary for those changes will be waiting for you in the release notes on July 19th. <gasps> okay. Cool. Great. Yeah. That's good. Good news. I didn't even know really that that was a problem, but cool. Oh, it is a problem. <laughs> is yeah. it? Can you tell? Can yeah. you want to? Do you want to tell us a bit about the problem? No, it's just no. It's just a problem that, when paired together, are very difficult to, oh, to okay. do. Right, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Okay. They explain the problem in the in the paragraph. Okay, <laughs> I guess so. But like, I mean, I haven't experienced this. I don't know if it's okay. a reality for many people, or if people are just complaining about it for no reason. I have no. I have heard people talk about before the fact that they're like, "Oh yeah, well, we're not going to run that this week because it's." it's so annoying to do or this like this one is oh. just so difficult like eh, not doing that one or gonna wait for an easy one yeah oh okay fair enough is that laziness though or is that because it takes time or because it's just well, really difficult to do because there's no extra reward for doing it if it's that if hard it's more so... difficult yeah. yeah yeah i think that's fine. yeah so yeah. it's just, just like oh go ahead so i was gonna say they're cleaning house before they hit stream that's yeah. what they're doing. That's there what they're go. doing. They're, they're, they're clearing up pinpoints. They're polishing the, the starting game. They're making sure that raids are more smooth. They're easier to get in. They're easier to learn because of the attrition mechanics. And they're trying to, like, they're, they're, they're breadcrumbing. They're, they're, you know, they're polishing their brick road. You know, that's what they're doing. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Do it. More players. And uh, that's, I think... A really good segue to the discussion point that we're going to try to do now, right? Uh, we're just going to talk about the roadmap first. Uh, we're doing the whole article. I mean, the roadmap. I was going to say, wasn't it almost helpful? Holy shit balls! Uh, I thought I thought it was well, good. Just, I'll just quickly mm. talk about the roadmap. The um, summer roadmap. There's living world history. It's a season one, episode three and four coming out in the summer. So that is the summer. We have that means what summer officially ends. When does summer officially end? September? September the... 21st. Is it? Oh, wow, that's yeah. late. Um, festivals. Soon festival November. Forms. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, soon the whole year. Um, depending on where you live. End of Dragons update. Krakatori Gen 3 legendary variant as well. Another one. Cool. This was the big one for me. World v. World restructuring bears in the sun. I didn't even think they would be bringing bears back that soon. So that's cool. That's good. And then we've got the 10th year anniversary and the Gamescom happy hour, which was very vague. <laughs> um, well, they didn't explain it at all, right? So, yeah, no. I wonder what so it's like, that What does that is. mean? Like, are they just going there? Like, are they go when, when's Gamescom? Uh, I think it's normally August. Because that might, if it's a Gamescom cap happy hour, yeah, it says August 24th to 28th. Maybe that's exactly when they're going to celebrate the 10th anniversary, and that's the happy hour for the 10th anniversary. Could be. Love if they did, if they were going to do like a 10th anniversary thing, it'd be so cool if they had some kind of show and, you know, creators and people on. Or, oh, they absolutely you know, should chat. do. I wonder if that's... that'll be a part of that, like live from the convention or. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've, it's been notoriously badly advertised that when they go to our Gamescom, yes. Other than if there's like a big event, like a PvP event or something. Yeah, it's not been the best. <laughs> uh, which is kind of something which happens uh, at times. <laughs> but yeah, that's all the stuff that's coming. We might still have a few surprises up our sleeve in summer months. And then wrapping up, June 28th, we introduced the challenge mode for Harvest Temple, Strike Mission, Hooray, hands up in the air, cheering, all that stuff. Without doubt, this is the most difficult encounter of introducing Guild Wars 2 to date. After five grueling days and hundreds of worried wipes, all live stream thousands of players saw the things and they congratulate Snow Crows in the art rest of the article, which is very, very awesome. And they also show you the, uh, the video from that when they're not scared to link it. Um, as they say afterwards, this video is in English only and contains some explicit language. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually very surprised they even put that there. So that's cool. Um, and now oh, we can happy. go on to the thing. I just wanted to say really fast, I'm really happy they put that there. Because yes. even in the past, like Guild Wars 2, I think has been better in some of these blog posts about communicating, right? Like when I, I sorry, communicating specifically um, in, in certain situations, content creators or community, you know, things that happened or stuff like that. Um, I remember I was so surprised when I did do the first pre-show host that they actually announced me on their blog post for it. And like my, my, like my stream and stuff like that, because I've worked with other companies that like don't even put out a list of the creators that are doing something for them or don't even like acknowledge specifically the names of groups for many legal reasons, I'm sure. But it always does feel very strange, especially if you are like in a partnership program or if you've done something that, you know, really did generate big visibility for the game or things like that. And I'm sure ArenaNet has not been perfect about this, but the amount of times that they really do reboost, retweet, or even will shout out something like this, like, I actually think that's really nice. I think it's yeah. really nice to see that it feels good. Um, and I'm glad that they acknowledged this kind of prog and what happened because that was a huge achievement. It was a huge achievement, and I, I will say that it does seem it's a little bit of a change in the way uh, Arena has operated in the past because I feel like there's always this feeling in the hardcore rating community uh, that 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 ArenaNet was kind of like acknowledged that they existed but never really pushed them to the forefront or into visibility as much uh, of their community. And doing this is, you know, it's a big step. It's good. I think they, they're they're actually very kind to the to the to the to the ecosystem of content creators that have grown up around them, um, and I think they're they're starting to learn how to take advantage of that free advertising. You know, I want to I want to gonna push us on to uh, things we think can be refreshed in Guild Wars too. And there is a list, and I do have to make a phone call to check on someone as well for five minutes or so. So I'm gonna put this out there. And let you yeah. kind of run with it. Um, Did I go through my whole list? No. <laughs> turns. I think maybe like people can come up with their stuff and when it's relevant, talk about it. Um, so what I really want to... Uh, what? Like what? we normally what? do. What? what did I say? Is it... It's relevant now. We're talking about... No, 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 no. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, but, you know, we have organic conversations which evolve and I like, just do what we normally do, basically. Um, oh, you don't okay, have okay. to go through your list religiously um, unless you really need to. And you can, of course, do that. Um, I'm just yeah. enjoying watch, watching Boots smile every time I say the quiet stuff out loud. I'm just <laughs> yeah. really enjoying that. He's so, not, he's yeah. not, you've not been on the show before with, with uh, Harold, so yeah, that's something, Sorry. That's something very special. No, that's why you're here. 
Um... <laughs> Because I'm desperate. It's fine, I know. It's okay. That's <laughs> not Ooh, true. You've been snap. on many. You've been on many uh, of these shows. Um, I, I enjoy it every time. Good. I get excited any time that you get to come on. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And I'm just happy that I get to see someone who isn't uh, the three that I always, always get to see. Because it's always someone replacing me, usually. Yeah, you heard me, Rook. You wow, all right. Well, yeah. you know, I guess we'll you know, take it, our faces away from you more sometimes often. Sometimes it's hard to stare at perfection all the time, you know? It's hard to just continuously wow. stare at perfection. Wow. <laughs> all right, you saved it. You saved it. Right. Damn. 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 That shots was... fired. Shots fired, guys. Shots fired is the opposite uh, of shots. Shots taken. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. Who's <laughs> <laughs> happening? Uh, but no, no, yeah. It's it's. I, I, I'm happy that you're here, Harold, because... Uh, because, yeah, I'm always the one replaced with cool people and never get to be, you know, with the other people that aren't the normal people. I don't qualify as cool. Verbose, possibly. Weirdly English, yes. That's yes. I think yes. those are both traits of a cool person, so that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So what's How going on? The right. Yeah, let's talk about this. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's go. Um, Don't so things we want to we'll right, something we want to bring up to scratch. Uh, not refresh necessarily. There are things. So there's things. Think like world bosses, raids, fractals. Uh, it, there's one specifically I think which someone I mentioned last night uh, on Twitter. The achievement point reward. UI slash rewards, um, what you get. Oh, now hold on a second. You just said that I couldn't go through my full list, but now you're going no, through no, your I full list. No, I mentioned examples. Right examples. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. Well, we will uh-huh. PvP, adventures, future living world, etc., etc. Right. Yeah, I'm okay. going to be back in five. I just have to make this one cool. I have one yeah. right off the bat. Are you okay, ready? I'm ready. Okay. I want them to redo the intro the intro cutscene slash tutorial slash instance, like the opening instance oh. that you have in the game, I would love for them to redo. I would love for them to put in um, a couple story beats or cinematics that are more on par with like what you are going to experience later in the game with some of the storytelling stuff. I'd love for them to even have stuff in there like the training arenas, you know, Um, I'd like for them to just have something in there that feels like a stronger, more gripping initial introduction to like, here is the world of Guild Wars 2. This is who you are. Um, You know, this is like the area. This is how you play the game. Because as it is right now, I think that overhauling the whole story and like putting in a bunch more cinematics into all of the core game probably can't happen. I would still love to see that because Mm. while the traditional kind of like stand against screen effect has its charm sometimes, I think. Well, you're talking about not the opening instance. You're talking about the opening cinematic. Well, both. I'm talking about the opening cinematic and the opening tutorial instance thing where you like, you're the Silvari in the dream and then you fight at the end or stuff like that or you're the person that starts out in the little village and then you go and you fight the construct that you know appears like to me those moments have always felt at least at this point like you blast through it and you literally have no real sense very much of like who you are or why this world feels epic like it's interesting like yeah goes down so fast and i don't really know if the tutorial teaches you all that much about playing the game like a little but like like it you know doesn't. you push your buttons you push one or two yeah, you, well you only have one button to press in the tutorial um i think 
the weirdest thing is that when I first played the game, when it first came out, and we did that opening cinematic, that was epic to me at that time. And I don't, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to reconcile. <laughs> like nowadays, yeah, if I do it, I just breeze through it because I know the game already. Uh, but, but originally it felt epic to me. So I'm wondering if it would still feel epic for Steam players, or is it really not that anymore? I, I think you haven't got a snowball's chance in hell of them changing the kind of iconic opening character introductions because they're so tied to the choices that you make um, in your character creation. I think you have a hope that they might change the tutorial instance mm. and you can make a good solid argument that they should put some polish on that or some um, iteration on that so that people understand break bars, understand weapon mechanics, maybe builds even a little bit. It's... I mean, I, I don't like the restrictions that they put in for the new stuff for the leveling anyway. I mean, I don't know. I probably, that that's probably been flogged to death that topic. Yeah. So the way, but, the way yeah. I see the game these days for break bars, et cetera, I, I think I think of levels one to eighty as the tutorial for the game these days, and as as long as they're able to teach you about break bars and everything in that period of time, that would be great. Um, they don't really do that properly yet, but uh, it, it would be great if they did. I think I think it would be very hard to introduce any kind of tutorials in the in the opening instance because of the fact that you literally only have one button to press. Um, I think you can do that though, and then like. You still give more of a sense, right? Like, I've seen plenty of tutorials and games that will expand a little bit what you can do or, like, give you an idea of the potential of what you can do or stuff like that. You know, it's interesting. Obi says in chat, I think the opening cinematic tutorial mission are okay. It seems like new players are quite impressed by it. I was a new player, and I'll be honest, I wasn't. I was not impressed by it, like, when I first did it. I liked the opening cinematic well enough because the art style is beautiful, right, and things like that. But for me, in a tutorial, do I get a sense of at least the foundational mechanical things that this game is based off of? I know how to push one in an MMO, but again, what makes Guild Wars 2 different? So, like, what are those kinds of things that I need to know that will catch my interest, but then I can build off of in the game? Two, do I have a really distinctive understanding of even like the foundations of the world, the lore of the world, something about the zone, my own character's role in the world, the characters that are a part of that, do I get a sense of like something in that introduction that again is like a little carrot that's like offering mm -hmm. me like, oh, here's a really charming NPC that's your friend, like Farron or these sorts of things, right? And I think with some of the intros, it's better than others. Like I did the human commoner one recently and i could not like okay yeah, so the idea is that humans, let's be honest it's, well, <laughs> many players do and like Bal Mission. like like we saw Baldur's <laughs> humans are the most made race is, in a vast oh, God, why is everyone so damn boring so, <laughs> don't get me wrong i, I agree have but, like right so the, the idea of that starting <laughs> that starting instance is like you know, you've been taken in by these people you love in this inn and you live a cozy but quaint life and it's all supposed to be kind of like The Hobbit and The Shire. Like, it feels a little bit like that energy. 
But do I actually get a sense of any of that? Do I get a sense of the humans' plight against centaurs? Technically, because they start fighting you. But is there anything there really that gives me as a player this sense of this setup for the rest of the stuff that are going to be in those zones? Sorry, go ahead, Boots. I I, have a feeling. I think that you're absolutely right. But I think that that is not capable of being addressed in the opening instance. Um, I th- or, or the I think, cinematic. Be careful here. Is, These are wishes there, and desires, not necessarily things that need to be do and that can be doable. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say though there As is. Well. I mean, one of the things on my list, which might pertain exactly to what you're saying, though, is I'm the sandwiches. period of time between level zero and twenty, where you don't really have direction in the game. Oh. Mm. because the story uh, because of the new player experience they put story a little bit further on and there's Mm. there's no you're just kind of dropped in the world and said explore a little help people on the farm um but fair enough but you but that's a long time help people to not have direction i I feel really good when i've done that to be fair i sure yeah no it's great it's a great thing to do it's really nice to do but it doesn't give you a sense of where you are in the world and the direction you're supposed to be taking in the world i'm gonna play a little bit Um, of devil's advocate i can i think i'm gonna do a little bit of a you know what guild wars 2's intro to the game is one of my favorites ever and i really like it and it's i don't know why it's because i have i think the story is important to me as well but i think i really loved the fully um, i could go where i wanted to go like essentially for a bit um and i could go around in the zone there was those level restrictions um which i think would actually improve that experience i actually think guild wars 2 would do a very good job of going one tamriel way of things you know opening up every single zone in the game like in Corsiria up to Or, so you can go where the hell you want to go and level how you want to level and I think that would be fantastic yeah. it might not work for Guild Wars 2 because of the linear story unfortunately but like you know something could be fun but like sorry Harold you were going to talk about that uh, first of all. sorry one, I agree with you. I think that if at a level two you want to try and get to the, the Straits of Devastation, you should be allowed to try and get to the Straits of Devastation through all those maps and that hell. That is your journey to take. And I don't like restrictions. I understand that they're trying to put like training wheels on. No, there's an, no, stop it, please. We're, let it's players play the how they out. want to play. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, uh, to, to, to Rook's thing. So, when you make a Silvari character, in the dream, the, the dragon from the, the, the next expansion is actually invading into the dream. Hmm. And you go and there's a sense of urgency and there's a sense of danger and there's a sense of a looming threat. And then you have this massive dragon pulling itself out of the floor and you have to fight it. Uh, but when you come to as a Silvari player... The, 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 your, your character says something along the lines of one does not simply awake from the dream and battle dragons. And I think there's something to that. There's a, there's a kind of, first of all, it, it's, it's kind of like you're, you're on a journey. You're on a journey from being um, born into the world as a Silvari, learning about the world that you're living in, quietly expanding your abilities and helping people. And it's a progression up to that the zenith of a world defender, commander of the pact, 
everybody relies on you. You're the person who's going to die of, you know, ulcer and stuff at 40. That, that's mm. that's the, the, the kind of progression of your character. So I think, I think there's something to be said in exactly what you say, that when you arrive, you should not be expected to slay the dragon, but you want to see the dragon. And I think that only in the Silvare story do you get that sense of like a greater looming threat on the horizon because a chieftain like summoning a, a maelstrom with a, with a cart in it, it's not particularly threatening. I mean, maybe we're all just too jaded. Well, but, but I think, I think you're right because it's not particularly threatening in the sense that as a new player, I don't think you understand the context of what that, could even mean right mm-hmm. there are things they could tie into that right they could they could easily branch into some of the stuff we're even now seeing return of season one some of the threats that these lands pose some of the factions or you know organizations that um have become important obviously which they didn't know about or you know didn't know the full scope of at the start of the game so for me i i think like there are story beats i'd like to see revamped for sure. Or like, you know, just expanded upon. But I feel like the most impact that you can have is like Jebro has pointed out within those first, what even like 30 minutes of gameplay. 12 minutes. 12 minutes Something of like gameplay. I can't, I've so, got numbers in my head for some reason. If they were to create like a really powerful cinematic, but also like a brief, you know, introduction uh, to the kind of world, as well as just kind of setting you out on your journey, because I guess too, in other games I've played, there's this sense of like, oh, you joined an adventurer's guild or you're doing this thing, right? So you have a sense that like, now my job is to adventure. So like, there are certain little points from that intro slash tutorial and i don't even know if it has to be five minutes i mean you could expand that out to some degree but still let players kind of like go into the world and things but like creating more of a powerful first 12 minute experience that then leaves you on some kind of note that transitions into the story so that they don't have to revamp all of that for core game but that Mm -hmm. is like um you know like and now I adventure, and then it leads you into stuff like joining one of the different, you know, groups and all those sorts of things. But I always felt like there was like a weird little bump for me. Some of the stories I felt like I it connected really well. Some of it I felt like I'm not as sure. Some of it I didn't know, like you said, if there was a sense of a greater looming thing that I was working towards. So like, to me, that would be where you could get the most bang for your buck if you were going to redesign or introduce some new cutscenes, additional stuff, bulk that experience out. Question. Um, yes. Are you looking for a like a, a Lord of the Rings uh, prologue to sort of like sort of like setting the scene for the world before you go into your car- before you go into perhaps even character creation? So you 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 lo- like like for example Final Fantasy you have that kind of the world and the and the adventure and the cards and then you go in and you make your character is, would you like to see a sort of a a sort of like a mini movie that skippable obviously for Fatra and Perry so they don't bash their brains out on my keyboard would you like to see a kind of a, a like a call to arms of the of the bigger like scope of the of the game before you make your character but it has to be that I think it just has to create a more epic powerful emotional yeah. response like that. even just even just like having some cutscenes where like for example it doesn't a case shows up in the slavari one right like you're talking to case in the yeah. dream yeah. yeah 
So like, Kate is a huge character. So even if in that moment you had like a cut scene with Kate where she comes up and she's animated in such a way you get a sense of her personality and she's talking with you and she gives you a little more context about the dream and the Silvari, like if that moment were turned more into kind of overall, not just like a beginning cinematic that you either have to skip or sit through, but like more of in and of itself a miniature story arc because there's a big discrepancy between the cinematic heights they reach in stuff like end of dragons and the cinematics that we see we get some really cool ones towards the end of the core game right but players that come in might be like oh what there's no fully fleshed out cutscenes, or like oh towards the end there's some but like everybody is just like standing here kind of emotionless in front of a background like or stuff like that whereas you are losing out on some of the sense of time space urgency like even in the middle of a fight like claw island you go talk to a commander and suddenly we're standing on this neat beautiful backdrop again versus some of the later stuff where like you see stuff on fire and people are yeah. running and stuff is like you know what i mean so it's yeah. full of narrative exp exposition rather than visual storytelling which they have complete capacity to do yeah. yes and they sell out when like oh my gosh they've done so many gorgeous things recently yeah honestly a lot of the core story needs to be tidy up, <laughs> not just not just pacing with the zero to twenty, but just things like that that you just mentioned. And that guy, he's so heavy. And, <laughs> and also, uh, I think very importantly, before Steam gets released, that they fix up the Zaitan fight. Oh, that gosh. is not a yes. cat. Yeah. That is yes. a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Just to inform you, I know you can't see because the name is over the bit at the top, but I was like, yeah, we, there's an important thing we should move before we move on. There is a distinction between cats and dogs. Uh, the truth about them. Looks happy. You racist bastard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Um, but yes, I. <laughs> If, okay, like, if we were being real and I could, you know, sky's the limit, yeah, Boots, I totally agree. I would love for them to go in and touch up multiple parts of the core story, add some more dynamic and impactful cutscenes, some more but You're just saying, like, pressure points. You're saying, like, the best yeah, thing you like, could do is the beginning and the end. Yes, like, my honing in was just because I don't think there's any way before Steam release we're going to see them revamp all no, of the, you know, no, like, no, cinematics no. and everything. No. Yeah, no, I agree. The beginning and the end. I say, I say <laughs> yeah, they're going to look fight. at yes. levels 0 to 20, and then finally Zaitan fight. That's, that's the... I, I, honestly, really I honestly think something simple, to be honest. Like, I think working games to something like options just at the beginning. Like, you can... what A lot of what Guild Wars 2 people ask in terms of questions new player-wise is, if, if it is... If the simple question, and the main question is, if they even put this towards new players and I have a survey, we will probably know is, where the fuck do I go? Okay. That should just be the first thing we that gets addressed, all right? Clear, definitive direction of where you can go. If you can go to PvP at level 2, there should be an option which says, you now have the option to go to the Mists and play in PvP. Here is a short video telling you what PvP is about and what, how you do the mode. Feature content creator if you want to. Um, and, or just do your own video. Cool. Also, now you have the option to continue your journey via hearts. Hearts are X, Y, Z. Um, fun little video, could be a content creator, whatever you want to do. Just some simple intros like that, little tiny videos. You have this in so many different games now, but things where you can say, 
we go this way you can do that you can do these very simple things in the game which are available and features of the game which are open to you so if you do get bored of going through the story and going from the world you can go and dip into some pvp you can go and dip into some worldly world now you can have access to that you want to go and do a dungeon over there you know we've got Ascalonian catacombs i think the mail but it's not great um you can do the story at each level 10 i think you know that that process hopefully is going to get weaned out and you can just do it when you want to do it and it just scales you up or down whatever um but there's just that is the main i think before they do anything else like there is really that directional their thing because that is the thing with steam that is important like rook said brook brought up as well like i can't remember what the article is but it was it was a while ago and it was like the first steam's retention like record if you don't grab them in the first 12 minutes or so they're done they're gone it, it, it doesn't matter and an mmo like that's character creation <laughs> like you know if for me in an mmo that's not even the hair <laughs> you know yeah. that's that's what you've almost got to grab me right then so that kind of trailer that rook is maybe talking about is probably in within that scope of that so it's it is very important i'm tr- i'm going to push us on um because i want to come up with a couple more things oh, can, can i just say one thing yes. to add on yeah. to what you just said yes, yes, yes forgive yes. me i cannot oh, no, you're not agree forgiven, with you okay. it, <laughs> I can't. I can't. God damn it! I can't. I can't agree with you more. I. What I would like to say. Are you agreeing? I forgive you then. I am. Okay. I am. I'm just gonna leave that much. there. Right. I want to see. You're welcome. I. I want to. I want to be able I'm to. I'm really glad to you're in. here, Fornex. Thank you. For oh, thank you. Okay. Is, you're quite welcome. I want to. I want to be able to get in, get into my character, and then play the story and nothing but the story, and it get me to level eighty. Okay. I don't want to have filler. I don't want to have to. I want that to be a thing that they do. I think that there's lots of people who love to do open world exploration, love to do all the rest of the things. But I, as a person mm. who who really is there for the story, I like to get into a game and play the story right to the end. And if all the everything that's fantastic about the game really is starts happening at level eighty, so let's just get there. Let's just get there. That's I my agree. Opinion. I agree with you. And I honestly don't think it would hurt the game because there are so many other systems that encourage you to explore. Yeah, like there are so yeah. many map yeah. completion, masteries, you even need to explore to get hero points. So craft legendaries you have to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. To mm-hmm. me, it's like I just think that you should let people just do the story and then, like you said, organically level through it. Maybe a few spots where, sure, you got to go around a map a little bit because the story beat, much like they do with the later expansions, you know, like, we need your help fighting off the forces. So you run around and you fill up a little bar and complete it and you kill some things. Like, that's fine with me. I'm like, that's okay. Those are okay interludes. Um, But yes, I agree. I think that so many people have found problems and difficulties with, like, the stop and start and how and then I can do that but then what's my next thing and then where do I go so to me it's like give players that trajectory where they can blast straight ahead they can get that level and then they can explore all of the other zones that are even a little bit higher level around there get the hero points unlock the stuff push on um, yeah I, I don't think that would be a bad idea yeah, it's the it's the it's the it's the fictive dream that the writers talk about, where you get people in and they're reading and they're reading and they're reading and they can't stop reading. And you you want to if you if you care about player retention, you want to have that and you want to have it un, 
interrupted so they can't wait to find out what happens next and the story even in in even the starting story it's compelling enough with enough interesting choices that you can have that experience of i just want to know what happens next and then all of a sudden oh my god look at all these mounts and look at all this and there's raids and there's and 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 then we're off to the races and we have hopefully a person who's transitioned from oh i'm going to give guild wars 2 a go to oh my god i can't wait to find out what happens next and i'm in yeah. Well, especially now too with living season one right because living season one even though it where it falls in the story it's further back it has all of their current design mentality and all sorts of other things i mean obviously they've reused some of the cinematics and stuff like that but again we still see a lot of things shine so if you can get players pushed ahead um I, I do think that in the case of the core game experience, it allows you then to just transition more into some of the other stuff and get a better sense of what you'll be able to do long term. Um, because most of the stuff that I found the most interesting all happened to me, yes, post 80. And mm. from living season two on is what like really gripped me in the game. So I think making it smoother for players to get to that point and now to living season one, which is being put back in, to me would make a lot of sense. And yes, I think that Guild Wars 2's environmental storytelling and map storytelling is something that they need to find ways to continue getting players into and exploring because my gosh there's so much in there that is so phenomenal and it's very different than other mmos but i think there are ways to do that that feel more organic and less jarring <laughs> you know or yeah. less confusing um yeah and i think this is something that you mentioned before that the uh that for you guild wars 2's method of delivering environmental storytelling is good but sometimes difficult to get into like every map in the core story has in the core game has its own storyline essentially but it's sometimes kind of hard to decipher it um and i don't know if that's something that'll be able to take care of i don't think it's going to be something that's going to be done before steam but it's something that i'd like to, <laughs> them to maybe take a look at in the future um but now that jebro's gone can i go through my list really quickly go 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 okay all right go. don't tell jebro uh okay so Level zero to 20 story. Number one. Number two, Zaitan fight. Number three, uh, a lot of the lame traits and core trait lines that need a little revamp. Um, I would like to, them to have a take a look at. I also don't think that's going to happen before Steam, but whatever. Uh, underused weapon and utility elite skills. And more importantly, now that it really doesn't matter anymore, racial skills might need to be looked at as well because nobody uses them ever. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like... I feel like maybe they need to look at uh, racial skills. And there's not too many of them, so it should be easy enough. Um. I mean, <laughs> even if they, even if they, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how you could do this. I yes, I totally agree with you. Actually, that and the elite, like, or like you know, looking at some of the traits and stuff. I feel like players would also really like it if you know we all really like that initial push to something that's cool. Like today in Destiny Two, I just unlocked Solar, and I've been playing for like a week again you know and then i i was like oh cool and there was a new superpower that i unlocked where i like you know blast out and i'm on fire and i look so cool and i was like 
So I feel like that's a really good opportunity for that core experience. And when you first kind of hit that 80, like you said, to have either like some capstone abilities that, you know, the special skills or things like that, or even your racial traits, which can kind of tell a story or do something interesting in and of themselves about your race and supplementing that. Like if they even just looked at a little bit of that and gave you something that like when you unlock it, or I don't know if your racial trait can, I I don't know, abilities can have their own little thing, or I don't know. I I think it would be great to give players a sense of the ooh, that you get with elite specs even as a culmination to core specs yeah and i mean they they toned down all the racial skills to worse than other skills because they didn't want people to regret their choice of a race that they chose um i forget can you do race change now uh nope no okay you still can't um but anyway so i understand that uh but at the same time they have since then done balance splitting for World vs. World PvP and PvE, I figured they could balance, but also for, you know, if you go into a raid where it's really important, maybe all racial skills don't matter at that point anymore, or you can't use your racial skills in a raid, for example. But in general PvE, it's fine. And if you're in World vs. World, it's just toned down because it's World vs. World. Well, they could um, they could actually like just give them a, a, a genuine narrative hook. So only in the story are they useful, but at least they'd be sure. useful. So you yeah. think about a norm being able to go there. That could be a vital part of the story and a vital part of their journey. And then they could explain why. And then the links to Coda and all the rest of that jazz, yeah. right? Wish so much if we're going if we're going to push that into story revamp category again. That would be so cool. Like, I would love if you could use those or if you had one equipped for a certain, you know, quest relating to your original race, you could use that to great effect or like, yes, I think that would be so cool. Even if they just made you like choose one of the skills at some point and then that would affect a cutscene or like you said, it would give you this extra lore about this thing or and then you would feel special because that's what you have or like. Um, as a Silvari fern hound and stuff, it's like, oh, this could be such a cute little moment or beat or something that has to do with the Silvari. Yes, I I agree, Fornax. I love that idea. Yeah, because player skills, they don't always have to be focused on power. They can they can actually be a narrative expression, and I, and I feel like it's underutilized. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that so there's another point that I had. Another one is. Maybe do a search for any mob in the game that still has the old stability or defiance buffs uh, and and change that to proper break bars or something, because they still exist in the game. Um, That's another no for me. I hate break bars, but fine, I'll give it to you. If you but, or just remove it without a break bar then. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just give wanna, it the stability boon. I want to dovetail um, off that for a second in that I... So as I have gone through and, and I mean, gosh, I thought I had explored a lot of the End of Dragons map and maps in detail when I was first playing them. But I'm going through again and going through to try and collect everything and doing legendary stuff and all these sorts of things. So like now I'm discovering even more as I go through, which is a real testament to their design. It's amazing. But I encountered in. um Oh, in Echo Vault, there is a quest chain that starts where you end up finding and fighting this mini-boss corrupted warden, and he, like, summons all these spirits of the forest, and they're assaulting you, and you have to, like, follow them all around the map and, like, put these barrier shrines back up and all this stuff, and he's, like, whispering to you as you go, right? And his actual fight, it's just, like, a mini-boss event chain. 
But because of some of the things that they've done with the like diversity of elites in End of Dragons and then putting in some of these like smaller scale, like mini narrative boss fight things, right? Um, kind of like how they're revamping the world bosses. Like you just said, I would love to see them actually go through and in a couple of these core maps, not only like touch up just some of those mob, but like also just like take a couple, I don't know, key event chain enemies and just make them a little more interesting yeah. or just yeah. you know, give them a little something that, again, teaches a little bit more or makes them a little distinctive as an enemy type and teaches you a little bit more about some of those factions um, and their style and fighting. And so I, I just think that could be really a big help. They can have uh, my left kidney if they give us anything other than a defiance bar. Honestly, I'll, I'll mail it to them through the post. <laughs> I hate defiance bar. Um, no, kidney is not worth that, that, that we're talking about my list. I gotta keep going through the list. <laughs> Go back to the door. We're, we're not finished. I had that you... I had that you... Uh, I had that because I had one headphone to my thing while I was oh, no. waiting for them to answer, so... I do know. It's okay. Oh, no. oh, it's a good list. Okay. Um, I'm not done the list, you, though. You can, you can keep going. I'm going to cut this down. I'm going to say we've got, like, a maximum of, like, 25 minutes-ish left. Okay, perfect. Right. Kind okay, of, this is going to take four minutes. Less. Less. Uh, but the, before, <laughs> also, before the Steam release, uh, they have to, or I think they should, uh, include Living World Stories into the cost of the expansions. Um, yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep, correct. Uh, yes. Yes. Correct. Uh, Possibly not before the Steam release, but sometime soon. More guild missions, more uh, more things tied to guilds. Yes, uh, yes, 100%. Uh, next is, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, revamping the looking for group slash uh, looking, hopefully add a looking for guild uh, UI in-game, so alliances will be a success. A success. Um, and then... And then, yeah, uh, they're talking about alliances and world rewards. That's not going to come before Steam, I don't think. Um, and, oh, yeah, I don't know if this is really that important, but it's always been a little bit of a pain point for me The that the upgrades to equipment and skill templates being character-bound instead of account-bound is is a little annoying for someone with a lot of characters. I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah I guess some of that is... I mean, I guess you could have some that could be account bound if with like legendaries, right? But because gear and other things like that are distinctive to each character and you wouldn't want to like take that away from legendaries, it would be a little bit. It's the templates, though, that's the issue. It's because, because, you know, hey, if you have template tab, then you're, you're, as for default, you have two. Yeah. You mean the unlocks? Like, I'm sorry, I misunderstood for a second. The unlocks specifically, but if you unlocked more tabs, they would be account wide. Yeah, that would be nice. Yes, but I understand that it's a bit of an issue, especially for the equipment uh, unlocks, because those technically are storage. Uh, so it'd be like the best possible uh, way to buy storage in the game if you just unlock account wide <laughs> equipment tab, and then yeah. So maybe that's not the best. They'd have to up the price for sure. Yeah. Anyway, this is okay. This is one of mine that's sort of disconnected but it's just one that came to my mind and I want to I want to just mention I would love it if they <laughs> either distinctively changed the icon for when you have your next story beat or objective you know there's like the green star but then there is like the green 
flat i don't know and like <laughs> i don't know how to describe what it is the the other yeah. one that's kind of like a star except that it meet is the exact same color green but it's telling you essentially what portals you would need to take to uh, get to the next right, story yeah but it's God like damn it but it's like <laughs> i have to go this way it's telling me to go this way so i go this way then it's like oh then it's i have to go through this map and then through this map and then through this if you don't use waypoints what player is not gonna use waypoints like i i would i just want them so badly or just an option to click it off yes but like an option to click it off or at the very least change the icon so that it is not the exact same kind of green and doesn't look it's a just at a circle thing like, change it to pink oh, change it to pink pink like, you, you we've yeah. already got pink and, though and pink, it, pink is if you want to select which one you want to do you can't do it to the same oh, color oh, just change that and then i would also <laughs> really it, like well because it it still to this day sometimes gets me if i'm talking about something oh, i'm sure i'm not paying attention <laughs> Like, and it's so frustrating because you're so confused and you're just like, especially as a new player, you're trying to figure out where to go and you don't understand why it just keeps leading you to other things, to other things. And then you finally are like, oh, wait, oh my gosh, I'll just open up my map and I need to just see. So I would love if they delineated that. And then I'd also love it if they made the, there's like, okay, so the special collection-y kind of ones that oftentimes are like side quests that are that sort of gray square with a golden crown in them. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I would love if they... (laughs) changed that icon so that it was bigger and so that it identified itself more specifically along with quests like with with um oh i don't know like final fantasy 14 we have a main story quest icon that's like the circle that has these flames and then bonus but also important side quests are like the same kind of shape but they're like blue and they've got like a plus sign on them it's like like plus story additional story right and i have actually recently just found that so much of the side questy content that i really want especially in end of dragons some of those beautiful post quests with like um jewelry and all this stuff like it's such good content and it really is essentially even though it's a collection it is a side quest and And it's all voiced it's all voiced as well sorry yes so like i would like to see that one reworked Mm. as well so that it is more indicative and that players can Mm. see that that's something that they can do if they're story driven characters isn't that something you could do with like most of the achievements though (laughs) we could do with most of the moving achievements yeah that's a good point yeah. Well, okay, so for before, many times, yeah, in, yeah, because yeah, collections actually. are kind of for a period of time, and still is kind of collections are kind of a quest. No, they line. absolutely are. Yeah, hundred yeah. so percent. Yeah, they are. It would be I mean, great. if you do, if you've done the legendary two like a collections, I'm right. still doing that. I'm doing the last one now. I've got like eight left, and it's literally a legendary quest line. Right. Like, right. Like, so, but so yeah, I think it would be great if, for example, if you collect a spoon that opens up a collection, if you collect something that opens up a collection, anything that opens a collection, you always get a little, you always get a little thing at the bottom right yeah. that says it. Then it's kind of after that, if you don't click on that quickly, it's kind of hard to find a collection. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That, that you just unlocked. It's like one of the three uh, latest ones, and sometimes it doesn't go to the top. Yeah, and so also, it would be great if there was like a nice new UI dialog box that says, "Hey, look at this collection that you could do. It's kind of like a quest." And also, could they please, please, 
please on those different collections either on like the item itself just put some kind of visible thing like i don't know like um a, like a star or something or on the actual achievement panel collection itself to tell you whether or not you need to physically keep the item or mm. if you can dump it after you get it and it will register permanently for the yeah. collection yeah. because like that is something that is a new player destroyed my inventory my inventory is bad no matter what that is who i am as a human being so yeah, all of I'm that bad. aside but <laughs> another big part of that was that as a new player, I didn't understand. Sometimes people would yell at me about like that's a, like this could be a precursor. That's a precursor, and I was like, for what? <laughs> and like the precursors well, do, they say what it is, right? Yeah. But then I'd have other stuff when I hovered over it that would say this is a trophy, or this is part of a collection, or this is part of a. And I was sitting there like. I don't know what any of these are, and I don't know if I need them. And some of them would go away if I sold junk to a vendor, and some of them wouldn't. And sometimes I'd get the collection, and at first, my first intuition was that if it was a collection, then I, by logic, needed to collect all the items. I, I've got and have of all stuff. of them. I've got so but much you stuff. don't. Like, there yeah. are so many collections where you can just dump those the moment you get them. A quest so I would or love event slot would be good for that. <laughs> like a quest or event like but doesn't find does Final Fantasy have that, doesn't it? Like a quest bag or like a quest key. Yeah, bag oh, they have bit? a separate tab for all sorts of stuff. Don't get me wrong, Final Fantasy's inventory management is also is is actually I think worse but they have than that Guild Wars extra thing though. Don't they? they have what a saddlebag, but they don't have a separate crafting inventory. They don't have banks. No, you have to I, oh, pay yeah, for no, additional no, no. retainers. Like, I was just thinking about specifically like quest and yeah. event and a quest yes. and event bag or slot thing. So that if you were doing yeah. event stuff specifically, it just slotted those stuff, the stuff in there. And you yeah, didn't go you into don't have to root through your bags for it. I was yeah. thinking for yeah. a, a solution to your um, map mm. portal problem. Mm. They could do what Final oh. Fantasy do. So when you if you click on the top the quest in the top right hand corner it should just open the map and then drag you to it because they, they do that for some stuff don't they with the letters with so the, the they letters. have the mechanic they have the mechanic there to do it they can fix it yeah. um mm -hmm. and and if i if i if if this is my I want a unicorn section of the of the show, I would like them to. I don't throw remember into calling it that, but I like it. Dad, Let's do Daddy, that. I want a unicorn. Okay. Um, I want them before Steam arrives to throw into the into the the annals of history the transportation mm. charges and the hair hairdressing nonsense. Have a hairdressing NPC in game that you pay gold for. Have an NPC where you can change your gear. And have gold for, or just have a gold charge every time you do it in your thing. Players are going to get into the game for the first time. They're going to go look at all the fashion, look at all the hairstyles, and then they're going to go. They want money for that. Oh, they do you not? Really do you not have how many nickel and you... No, but I'm not talking about me. I'm talking oh, okay. about new players coming into the game. Do they not thinking, get oh, access to transmutations? No. Terms? Yes, and I think that's a good point. If they want to keep transmutation charges in the game, I think there should also be more ways early on to just automatically get transmutation charges because it's not something... Okay, I, like, you get them from stuff, right? And there are certain periods of time, I think with leveling rewards or with some map completion PvP where you get them. is the place you get them the most, yeah. <laughs> EVP is the place yeah. you get them the most, though. And like, play, oh. I see so many players who are like, what are transmutation charges? How no. do I get them? 
So to me, that could also be a good incentive, even just for the core game stuff, hearts, whatever, that you just get well, a bunch. Make them a, make them a craftable item so that they can they can form mm -hmm. part of the economy. Whatever, just get them off the trading port. Get, get them out of the gem store because that looks like um, malicious. What if they're a rare drop? Yeah. What if they're a rare drop from salvaging <laughs> stuff? Yeah. Anything. Yeah, anything like something like that. Salvaging would be great. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't. I I'm on the fence. I don't necessarily think that you have to remove them from the store i think you could have them there if people just want to buy them in bulk for whatever reason um but like it is one of those things to me where i'm just going like you have such a great cosmetic system in this game and that's a huge draw for players and especially early on when you're getting these hideous yucky terrible low level pieces people want to be able to like i got this thing that i really liked but now i have this ugly one like you don't want to I feel shoehorned so much. <laughs> or confused you know like if you get a thing you should be able to start playing with your transmutation as it is and that incentivizes you to want to do more so if there were more organic ways that you could just farm them in a vast variety of content in game i think that would be great once you figure out that you get them from pvp that's fine too but like i would like to have other options where you're getting them more organically so that players can then experiment more and play with more and then sure if you want to buy a big stack go for it um, i think too as well the fact that legendaries allow you to do them free of charge that's one perk to legendaries like putting that cosmetic on that then would be taken away if we just didn't have them point blank but at the same time, I mean, I wouldn't mind if they just removed transmutation, period, or, like, made it just for gold as opposed to the charges or something, um, or, like, you know, whatever amount of money. Um, I mean, that would it, not it, bother it's, me. It's a pain point. It's a pain point mm. for people, especially in the early game. And, the, mm. and, and considering the fact that the mounts, the beautiful mount skins that I think are amazing, and I'm happy for them to fund the game, to buy a single mount skin costs more than to buy the game a lot of the time yeah i mean i, mean, I think they, i think their funding model is fairly robust uh, do they need to nickel and dime that's my question and i i mean this is my uh, wish so it's, it, i mean it's difficult yeah. to say because you if you look at other games they're doing kind of the same thing like in other games and you worse. have to pay and yeah much worse like eso you still have you have to pay so much gold to change your your skin stuff or right, it's in game gold and stuff as well but you have to really like unlocking the things to even get the looks in the first place is a bit annoying and then final mm. fantasy system i'm not i've just i'm not, i think final fantasy system's not bad um but there are other games where you know you have to buy those specific items and they have a subscription I mean, and if, I'm if just they're... like, if it, if the if the difference is between you know earning a little bit of cash so they can keep the game running, and if it's an actual thing, one of those things where people do pay for it and it does help the game. I actually, like that the cost know. to entry, right? Again, because you can play the game and start playing all the content. Like you said, sometimes even cheaper than some cosmetics. And I think on one side, like on one hand that is maybe weird but on the other hand i'm also glad because again it's like getting into playing guild wars 2 is something that i think they are always trying to make more accessible for people yeah. which to me in this market is so fantastic especially with no subscription because so many other games it's like you pay for the games you pay for the expansion you pay for a monthly subscription you pay for all this stuff and the cash shop stuff 
is mm-hmm. wildly expensive. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the fact that they're like, here is all this game that you can enjoy. And, you know, you may not even have to spend money on for years. But then if you want optional cosmetics, you have to pay for them. It's like, I'm okay with that in many ways. Um, but... Yeah. You have to be careful. I do agree with you, Fornex, in the sense that you have to be careful about not creating the impression that you lured people in for cheap and then for them to feel like they get the same nice things that everybody else does, they now suddenly have to start paying, which is something that I have felt recently. I talked about Destiny 2 earlier, right? Like now you can just download Destiny 2 and start playing. But then when I got into it, it was like, well, now you have to buy all this stuff or you can't do this content that all your friends are doing and you can't open up the chests at the end because you don't have this thing. So you have to buy that and then you have to buy the special edition of that. And then if you want these cosmetics... It's like you have to buy all these and you have to pay money for that. And then this and this and this. And games have to earn money. So that is completely fine. And I get that, like, there have to be revenue models. But it is always a balance, I think, Mm -hmm. with, like, how you're doing that. Um, And so, you know, uh, I saw in the chat. I just want to point this one out because it was interesting. I always put an outfit on whenever I'm leveling. Big same. But how do you get outfits? You buy them with money. So, like... That's one of those things where I think transmutation charges, for example, making them more accessible would give just like, especially early on, give players more sense of freedom without having to spend money right up front. Mm. But I don't mind that we have to spend money in the shop. I want to support this game. I like the stuff that's up there. I mean, Um, it's just, uh, yeah. I don't want to misrepresent. I think that as a, as a free live service game which is kind of what it is right that it has one of the fairest um, monetization systems and the most transparent monetization systems. now there are things that i don't like i don't like the loot boxes there are loot boxes i don't like them loot boxes are gambling oh yeah, yeah and that's a different conversation i mean that is a, that is a difficult but yeah. in terms of Stuff on the on the gem store mm. being aesthetic and all the rest of that, I am fine. Ha- mm. Have as many shiny baubles as you want. But when I think where where I where I feel where I fear that the pain point will be for new players coming on in is if they've played Final Fantasy, if they Final Fantasy, if they played World of Warcraft, they're used to being able to customize their characters in game for for an in game charge, able to change how they look on the fly. All they have to do is find the right vendor, and then now where where's the hairdresser? How do I do this? Oh, I've got to. Yeah. They're pushing me so, to the gem store rather than I'm going there because I want to. I think I have a solution. Okay. Uh, so transmutation charges are pretty attainable in PvP and Warcraft's world. Yep. Uh, so, but for PvP players, which would be the majority of the new players uh, coming into yeah. the game probably at first, mm-hmm. uh, it's less attainable. But what they could do maybe is every time you unlock a new skin by either... Uh, selling or salvaging something you've never had as a skin before or by equipping that skin you get a transmutation charge Ooh, that's quite a lot of transmutation charges that's uh, a nice idea well no but it would it would diminish lot. it would it would diminish as you level because the more things that there's a diminishing number of things that you can possibly unlock right i mean exactly. there's a lot and there's different weapons i mean yeah i mean it's it's an idea for sure Definitely an idea. I just I don't want to get stuck on this because <laughs> okay. it's it's one thing, and we don't. I don't. I actually have to go in like five or ten minutes. Um, okay, that was my complete list of things that I wanted. So okay. there. Anyway, <laughs> um, there you go. 
Okay. That's cool. It is, yeah, it's one of those systems which definitely can... It, it's funny that for, you can earn that more in PvP and World v. World, because arguably... I mean, I'm not going to say people do less fashion wars, I guess, in World v. World and PvP, because there's some very extravagant uh, and amazing looks that people create. Um, well, myself included. Um, but yeah, I think it should definitely be flanned out somewhere. Again, these systems in ESO and World of Warcraft... And also Final Fantasy fourteen, you know, if they're easier, they don't have to pay for us up um, as well. So there is that to factor in and think about as well. So it, it is lots of different things coming together. And yeah, it's always an interesting thing to think about. I don't think it, it, transmutation charges, it's interesting to f- have that information because I've got thousands upon thousands of them that I just get, you know, from PvP. So whenever I change something, it's just changed and I've got 10 more for each for the one i used just now so i just never think about it so it is good that that conversation comes up so i do appreciate that um is there anything so one thing one thing just just because someone mentioned it yesterday um and it's not really a big thing but i really do want those achievement point rewards updated because they're really out of date man like they are so dated and and kind of the birthday gifts as well, <laughs> like the like the that kind of goes hand in hand with that. But basically, with the achievements, you get you know if you get a thousand, you get the cool pretty UI, and it comes up, and you get a couple of gold, and you might get you know the really random sketchy kind of weapon skins <laughs> that are very questionable and random. Um, and as you level up, you get the you get the really old like outfit pieces, you know the. Um, there's the more lava, I can't remember what they're called, the more like lava, fiery kind of oriented one or the shiny kind of paladin guardian uh, armor pieces as well. And they're very spaced mm. out. And the gold reward is like one or two gold for like hitting 40k points. And I'm like, you give me two gold for that, man? And I know you get gems and stuff, but I'm like, two gold? <laughs> really? I can just go and play a daily PvP game, win it and get two gold. Do you know what I mean? I just- had an idea because i totally agree with you jeff the idea is that they put in that really cool like new player tutorial achievement thing right yeah it would be so great if like once you got through like once you got through that um oh you know like uh tutorial and like you're setting out into the world kind of thing if like that all came up very clearly and was like you know achievement points are a big part of how you interact with the world and various quests blah 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 blah. and like it showed you like you know complete your first achievement set and like here's like the new player stuff that introduces you a little bit right to world exploration story stuff like those things that we were talking about that sometimes it's hard to organically make the leap if you're coming from other mmos into understanding or expecting the really amazing things guild wars 2 has with environmental storytelling or dynamic event chains or these new world boss reworks right yeah so they could have that little starter one and then you could earn like the first piece of a new cosmetic set that would be like part of the achievement rewards for essentially the core player experience so that you're getting cool stuff a little bit faster mm-hmm. and it encourages you to look longer term at some of the bigger stuff that like you said could then be updated as well but making achievements part of your play and what you're looking at on each map as you go into it and stuff like that and that core game set could be the commander set yeah. And it could be like an iconic set where if you got yeah, all the pieces, cool. like this was your like commander armor and mm. um, so, oh, like, yeah. 
in like the cool game. You could get those pieces and then have those cool cosmetics and then if transportations were a little bit easier as well, you could also then apply them and you'd feel really cool as a new player and you'd be interested in continuing to look at those achievement panels well maybe yeah, that's some transmutation charges into that as well yeah, just <laughs> have them everywhere they're everywhere yeah well i think yeah. in in all honesty i think that then goes into like just generally i wish they would there is the refreshing i'm gonna this is really loosely linked now <laughs> i need to have the unicorn episode um apparently uh, this that's actually what um, Grouch used to, I remember he used to say that to me like, if you could have anything in the game what would you do like doesn't matter unicorns and dragons yeah I'm not going to repeat that um, <laughs> this is a long time ago um, but uh, it is like the, the one thing that I lose and I think a lot of players don't understand is how important achievements are to the game in, in terms of gaining things like looks in terms of it's con- they're connected to everything you do in mm. the game essentially you know if you want a legendary back piece in pvp you have to get those achievements done or you are not doing it you know you have to get the achievements done for anything legendary based you need to get those done other than maybe the core ones but even then you can you know you get the precursors you're still doing it and actually you, you're still doing map completion so that's an achievement essentially um so you really do need to there's a real disconnect between achievements and what you do and what Guild Wars 2 is about. Guild Wars 2 is massively about the achievements in the game. They need to connect to it. They need to have a questing system which is intertwined with that. NPCs that deliver these achievements to you, which they've started to do in Dragon Dragons, they really do need to do that. And I think the Steam release is a good time for that to happen. But I think it's going to happen, but like now but there they really is a lot of the game which is hidden from the player and the connection is they they're missing that connection it's hidden and if they if they they had that system there visible to the player and they understood what it meant and what it was and how they could access it they would have more player retention they 80% just of would. the game is hidden. 80% of it the is, game is hidden. It may be in, even in more. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and like you're saying, like, Rook, I did that same event you were talking about in Echo Vold Wilds, got an achievement for it, and I was like, damn, dude, I, I, I didn't know that was there. I, could, I forgot to go and look at the achievements, and I've been playing the game for 10 years. And it's just like, you can see these things. You can be like, oh, there's this event that pops up here that I can get this one random achievement for, for like two points people will go and yeah. do that stuff to get the rewards from the achievement points that you need like people do this stuff they love doing this stuff i love doing it and i like play pvp and world reward a lot now and well i play pve a lot i keep saying that silly. um i, I don't know yeah, yeah. I, I think i think we, we live in such an attention deficit society i think that if they're expecting people <laughs> to to, uh. to 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 like dig through all these all these menus and bars and achievements yeah, and it's not, all the, it's not, you, you've it's got not to not. grab people by the short and curlies and like drag them to what they what you want them to show right? yeah i 100 percent agree except Uh-oh. i do think that there is a downside to that as well because yeah. once you grab people by the short and curlies. First of all, it's uncomfortable. Second of all, uh, second of all, know. some people like it. Don't that's don't true. That's exactly. No, yucky people's yum. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it the uh, that 
too many things appearing like one of the things i like about guild wars 2 is the ui uh when you're playing the game is relatively clean um and the more things the more things that you do or that they would need to do to grab people by the short and curly is to get in your face say do this do that hey this exists hey this exists hey do this is going to clutter up the screen and be, it'll become, you know, like one of those, you know, sci-fi futuristic uh, yeah, commentary things, commentary things of uh, like Google Glass. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Solution, sir. I, I, yes, I, counter, I counter your excellent okay. point with a okay. solution. I'm ready. I'm ready. I love solutions. You have an immersion toggle where um, you can turn all that shit off and then you can find it organically to your house. You can turn that stuff off in loads of games. You just like click yeah. off it. You can hide those yeah. things. Yeah, anyway. I mean, it that's wasn't like a big brain thing, but it is. Yeah, no, it's like the difference problem. between, I guess, is the difference between having, uh, what's that thing, Taco? No. What, the, what's okay. the, U, the UI? Yeah, Guild Wars 2 Taco. Like the UI... Um, add-on that you could do that tells yeah. you how to do all the different things I mean, yeah. versus that just being tied into the game turned on you or could off. just have something like when you go to the map view now and you well, hover over yeah. hearts and stuff Delicious. right they'll flash if you haven't done them yet i wish they would also do that for mastery points <laughs> please yeah. and like have something there that was like these many mastery points on map and then like underneath oh, yeah, there, like, when you hover over it, they do it on some like, maps, don't they? What do you say mean? like plus these five mystery masteries or something and then be like look in achievements or whatever um like the <laughs> hidden ones that you might find on a map right yeah um so like having that would be great but you could on that exact same menu click any of those to disable that or show it like remove it or show it like remove this icon show this yeah. icon show yeah. only quest icons show only so you could definitely do something like that and i i mean i think there are ways to more organically lead players right like they could maybe make better use of scouts where like go into a region and you talk to a scout and they kind of give you the initial stuff now, but it would be great as well. If there was something like, I mean, Jeb, like you were saying, like, even if that scout and maybe they do, I don't know. It's been so long since I went to scouts as a hub of knowledge. I have a siren going by. Sorry. Um, but like, if they said something to me, like we've gotten reports that, you know, this thing is happening in this portion of the forest you know, if you're interested, ask me or, you know, like whatever. And then it could like show the event that would pop up or something. Um, or, yeah, I mean, I feel like there are possibly ways to do it. Even I, like I that event chain that I found that I was talking about in Echo Vault. I was literally over there because I was trying to figure out how to start the elevator that's broken and surrounded by dead ghosts in that area. And then I mm -hmm. saw an event and somebody in chat said, well, you have to do an event to make that fix. And I was like, I would have never known that if I had like, you know, if somebody wasn't here to say that or, I, you know, if I looked it up online, I probably would find it. But then again, I'm going outside of the game to figure out what's happening. And so then I just did an event that was over there that seemed kind of inconspicuous. And that event did not unlock the elevator, but it did give me this whole other supplementary wonderful thing that I would have never encountered. Um, so, like, those paths are kind of there, but sometimes it feels like there could be some way to indicate more so, like... These are not just things to ignore, because in most other MMOs, your conditioning is like, oh, that's some dumb thing that it doesn't matter unless I'm 10, I'm level 10, like, you know, or like whatever. 
I I would like it if there was some other way to more clearly indicate or I I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what the perfect fix is on this, but um it feels like you almost have to spend years just learning to expect the level of incredible detail. Um and some players just won't spend that time, you know? Um don't have that time. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, super quick. Something that they did brilliantly in the first campaigns, the the like the, the original game, was each map location and each point of interest. The the points of interest in the game then had actual text law information about the area. I missed that about them. A little way if you want to add immersion without actually needing to reinvent the wheel or, or you know like starve your dev dev team so that they'll work harder then you, these little law boxes of text that's not a suggestion by the way i'm not suggesting that that's i miss those i'm going to be i love now. those i yeah. wish too i wish like this and stuff you'd get like information about that statue or something like in 14 we have this thing called the sightseeing log which i honestly think they could do better but it's oh, awful like, god damn i tried that it's awful yes like but the concept i like where it's like um you know you go and you find these vistas essentially and you have to discover them on the maps they're not like automatically marked for you um and then like there might be a little tidbit or something that leads you there like an idea but you look for them and then you go to them and then you do a vista deeply oddly specific of what you actually have it's like it's 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 strange they ended up like they ended up changing that post core game in 14 because it used to be that like the weather condition had to be this and as the sun set over blah 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 you had to go stand and look at a thing and then that would give you some relevant lore or something about it but things that i do like are that um now it's much more like the vista system and as you unlock them they have like the little sightseeing log so then like it'll give you a little blurb of lore about all of those and it just stays there like in your you know in your lore and they recently put in this other thing that's kind of like a a lore compendium um that like as you go through story beats you do various things in theory it will unlock more additional lore and then you keep it there like a library so that you can see it or read it or have it at any time um which is the unending journal as well in final fantasy which is just beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i mean that would be lovely that it would be lovely to be able to go to like a book open it and then watch your journey look at the different cutscenes that have played out have have like a written i know it's in it's in your bloody ui but it would be lovely to have a place where you can go and a tome to open to really kind of like live in the world i'm gonna i'm gonna have to cut it short i'm sorry i know this conversation is great i gotta get going too i do have to go um i um, very appreciative of everyone's input today. Good job. Awesome. Uh, I feel like that could also be a, a separate podcast. I feel like I maybe have been uh, underestimated how much we want, want to see refreshed. And I think it, it starts to go into the realms of we need this extra stuff that we actually just don't have um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> so like refreshed, updated, all the stuff, which is necessary for the future of the game. Uh, which we're all focused on because we're all very invested and care about it a lot and love it a lot as well. So thank you very much to our guests mm-hmm. today, Boots, Rookery, and also Fornax as well. We're going to do a small intro and then we're going to raid and I will start with Boots. That's what we do when you do it. Blah. Hey. 
Boots, uh, aka World of Enders, on YouTube, Boots underscore on Twitch, and I'm also on Twitter on at World of Enders, and uh, yeah, make videos, but also uh, I appear on podcasts sometimes, and uh, speaking of which, Wednesday, uh, host of Ascalon, we're going to be doing one, Wednesday night, 9pm, yeah. 9am, wow. 9pm Eastern Standard Time. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much, Bruce, for being back. I'll see you soon. Uh, that's what you do, what you do. But yes, thank you all for the great conversation. I mean, this is such, we've already gotten so much touched on in the game and so many things that have been brushed up that I don't even think we were expecting. So again, all of our yes. theorizing is just like us going, okay, well, what else could we do? What else could we do? Oh, this would be interesting. <laughs> um, but honestly, I feel so good about the future. I know the team is working so hard. And I just wanted to say that so that we end on that note, ultimately, because um, so much, including these world bosses and recent updates, like fantastic and i'm so happy for um but if you are curious you can find me on twitch and on youtube at rookery r-o-o-k-u-r-i you can also find me on twitter at rookery underscore and on instagram at rookery um i play a lot of final fantasy 14 and guild wars 2 and i love those two games but i also do other mmos we might have a little variety coming up in future weeks we'll see um and we've been doing a lot of other appearances shout casting co-hosting guesting all kinds of stuff so um as always keep an eye out uh because whatever i'm doing where we're probably talking about games that we love uh or you know being involved with the community so i try to let everybody know and keep everyone up to date cool awesome thank you for joining us once again and we'll see you soon and also last but not least fornax aka the Hi, legendary uh, herald of, oh, of oh, yes Austin. yes yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm Fornax, um, the Crichton Herald. Um, I'm the Crichton Herald everywhere. If you type it, that's me, probably. Unless it's pornography, then it's definitely not me. And um, yeah, that's it. If you like, then it's definitely me. <laughs> definitely. I have many talents. That, unfortunately, is not one of them. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, and also, if you have Final Fantasy fourteen footage of Ultima Weapons, hit me up at thecrichtonherald at gmail.com. All lowercase and nothing. I need that footage for my upcoming video. You will get credit because I'm doing a legendary um, a legendary off. Guild Wars 2 versus Final Fantasy XIV versus Ooh, WoW. Who has the best legendaries? It's the showdown of the century. So that's what we're going to be doing. Send me your footage. I'll show you some love. Okay, you can go now. Whatever you need to do. You're done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> You may leave. <laughs> uh, I, you may partake in the leaving ceremony. Okay, everyone, thanks so much for watching. Don't forget, so you could also catch the Lightbringers every Friday, mostly. Um, and check out the podcast on Spotify, all the things. Also, go to anchor.fm slash Jebra Unity or, or Jebra. I can't remember which one it is now, actually. That was bad. Okay, I'm just going to do uh, that. Oh, no, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this in the chat. That's what it's for. It's for you. Podcast. Boom. Mm. It's Jebra Uni. That's the one. Uh, that's where you can find the raw stuff and all the info Ooh. as well as going to Spotify and all the things when they come out. I'm like an episode behind right now. I kind of released it 
meal week, but it's all on there. So if you ever want to go, you know, down the shops or in the car, or you're like, you know, on the beach, especially during the summer months, and you're like, damn, I need something to do. Listen to the Lightbringers, because there is so many hours of wonderfulness on there for you to listen to. So go and check it out. Also, thank you to our guests. Please make sure you take the time to check out the description, chuck them out. Uh, check them out. Chuck them out. <laughs> chuck them out. Follow their links. Follow them on Twitter. Follow them on Twitch, YouTube, all the things, wherever they do their content. I would massively appreciate it. And if you do want to purchase the game through one of their links or mine, you can check that out in the description below on YouTube and the other places. Otherwise, I will see you soon. I'm Jebro Uni, twitch.tv slash Jebro. I Juni, sorry, Jebro Uni. I do MMOs, uh, lots of stuff, uh, random games, um, also single player, PvP, whatever. Um, come check us out mostly Friday to Sunday. Uh, I'll see you all soon. Con- all consensual, yeah. Yes. <laughs> In PvP? Wait, okay. I'm so confused. <laughs> Goodbye! See you next time. God knows what we're talking about next time. Maybe we'll bring some ponies. I'm uh, going the release on the 19th. Oh! Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to play that next week. Oh, God. Next oh, week's so God. busy. We'll see. We'll I see. I forgot to plug the podcast I'm on. No, never mind. Oh, God, do, do, do it now, do it. quick. Quickly. DNN, I'm going to be on the 10th uh, Guild Wars 2 10th anniversary podcast with them, so there you go. I was invited, yes. God knows why, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know what that one is, so you have to tell me. (laughs) I don't know. Bye! Now? No, No, not now. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell me a bit. I'm doing the outro. Go away. Why did you pause awkwardly? (laughs) Because I was saying bye bye and then I was putting the music up. You can't hear the music. Goodbye, everyone. See you soon. Bye bye bye.